Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Unexpected Podcast. I'm Ez. And I'm Lane. And we're talking Tolkien. We're coming to you from the Shire of America, the beautiful state of Ohio, and a little village called Amanda. Wow. That's great. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here, too, buddy. This is exciting. We're in episode uh, two, and um, we're doing the reread. We're getting into the good stuff. Yeah, we're here. Last week, you got to know us a little bit. Now, we're going to just, we're going to jump right into Fellowship of the Ring and get her going we are it's gonna be epic step out on the open road um it didn't take us five hours to set up today it took us more like <sighs> four hours four, four and so a half we're, we're getting there we're working on it um, does a great job i i bust his chaps off off the camera right but stickle bats he does a great job mm. great thanks job. buddy really appreciate Very that. proud of him uh, uh go ahead as you want to do some uh quick counsel quick counsel yeah quick counsel is just a um, little segment where we kind of talk about what's going on no middle earth allowed What's happening in our lives? And Ez had a snow day today. You did. You did. Man, I slept in hard. Can you? Ex- yeah. Let's let's talk about the difference because a lot of adults don't have snow days. What is the difference between a snow day? And I'm, I'm sure like <laughs> half of our listeners probably hate you now because yeah, they, they do. I know they days. do. I know. I know. I know. So what's this? What's a snow day like as an adult compared to a student or kid? Um, ten times better than when it was yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Ten times better, man. Uh, no, it's 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 just why it's is it cold out? Yeah, well, yeah. It, well, because I don't have to go. I'm t- I, I get, I mean, I don't have to work. <laughs> right. So, it's great. You know, I was like, yeah, uh, it's it's great. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, that's why you're gonna hate me. <laughs> I apologize. Lynn's also a teacher. He gets snowdays too, so you can hate him too. Uh, um, yeah, that's true. I wasn't gonna point that out. I was yeah. gonna try and keep some people on my side, but sorry. Once again, as, slam. Yeah, of course. It's, uh, um. <laughs> so, anyways, that's that's been my day. You did some podcasting last night, did you not? I did. Went kind of nuts. Yeah. We were up to like one o'clock in the morning podcasting. With Mike Solo going yeah. crazy. Yep. Rebel Watch was getting times, after it. baby. So having some fun. Good times. What about you, buddy? What's been going on? I'm on paternity leave right now. So sick time. Right. Essentially is what you have to use. So I'm yeah. with my beautiful wife, Sarah, and my beautiful daughter, Winnie, mm-hmm. and our gorgeous dog, Arwen. Just hanging out. Been watching a lot of The Crown. Yeah. You, last I time know I was you're not here. a fan. No, last time I was the, here, you guys were, were yeah. starting out. Oh, dude, it's... It is so addicting. Was it? It's a great show. Like I, I love all things. I'm a bit of a Britophile or Brit Britophile. When you're obsessed with British things, I, okay. I love. I don't know what the term is, but I'm obsessed <laughs> with British things. Clearly, <laughs> clearly. Uh, but I'm not like I'm, I. I the royal family thing kind of disgusts me. I don't fundamentally. It's it's. I find it disturbing, right? Because we're Americans. Really, I'm a proud American. Me too. I'm not but. like America. Like you know, shoot everyone's head off if you're. Yeah, not like us, but right. um, I am. I love our country, beautiful country. We okay. live in. Yeah, and yeah. so I don't know. And the and the whole the whole uh, crown thing is very. I think it's a very foreign thing to Americans. Well, that's why it's interesting. You right. You just like it is to kind well, of see. And, and I think it's all the drama. It is so dramatic, dude. Right. Yeah. Everything. And the other thing too is you know it's true. They they have no personal life. Right. Everything is recorded. 
everything, even personal letters they take and they put in, in these vaults and annals of their families. Really? In these castles and stuff. It's insane. That's so pretty cool. all the drama is real. So it's it's good. Yeah. That's cool. I need to actually, I need to find something new on Netflix to watch. So plenty out there, baby. Yeah. Plenty out there. All right. All right, man. That's pretty good. That's Step pretty away sweet. from the uh, yeah. table of Elrond there. Yeah. And actually, honestly, even before this podcast started, like we've been talking Middle Earth since I got here. So yeah. it is actually nice to kind of break it away there for a second. We feel like um, people again. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's not really that much fun. You're right. Let's get know. back into Let's get it. Back into um, it. Right. Dropping Eaves. Yeah. Link did a lot for this. And um, it's more just our getting ready for the show. That's group. right. We're going to talk show news um, and kind of all things related to Tolkien going on. So we have a couple things today. We're going to talk about the show news. Um, and then we're also going to talk about a Tolkien biopic that's yeah. uh, kind of in development. So some interesting stuff. So if you don't know, Amazon recently acquired the rights for an, uh, a Lord of the Rings, or really it's a Middle Earth. They're using Lord of the Rings, throwing that term around a lot for right. or the title around a lot for branding purposes because they know it's going to draw people in. But it's a Middle Earth television show. Right. Um, there was a bidding war between Amazon, Netflix, and HBO to get the rights to this, it was actually too rich for HBO's blood. So I'd probably blame Game of Thrones for that because yeah. that's a pretty big... Um, well, they've already got a lot going on there. Right, they do. Yeah. And that's a big uh, source for their uh, yeah, finances. Right. So um, Amazon won. Uh, the price tag is kind of unconfirmed, but the rights alone, I think they the number they were throwing around was $250 million wow. just for the rights. Plus, they figure in about, uh, they're just estimating, a six-season uh, run for the show would be about another $750 million, So they're calling it the $1 billion purchase. So, wow. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. A lot of coins, pretty, a lot of Bitcoin no, they're throwing around. A lot of Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> so, so the reason um, this is going on is because Christopher Tolkien, who uh, was the youngest son of John Ronald Rule Tolkien, mm-hmm. Uh, is stepping down as guardian of the Tolkien estate. So how old is he? Isn't he pretty? Uh, he's ninety. He was ninety three in August. Yeah. So he's an old guy, and right. he's he's kind of been. Uh, he's finished a lot of his father's works. He's edited a lot of his father's works that he didn't that his father didn't finish. I mean, when Tolkien passed away, he had all this stuff that was either wasn't done sure. or yeah. wasn't edited because he never stopped writing. Uh, right. He's just he's a machine. Uh, so he anyway when Tolkien kind of set up his estate to guard the the licensing and rights of his works. Because mm-hmm. um, they have to renew that copyright yeah, every so often, right? And yeah, stuff. I don't yeah. know all the ins and outs, but yeah. I know he, he wanted to protect the way his work was represented, which yeah. is very admirable. Yep. Um, he, he, you could definitely say the Tolkien's are not sellouts. Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien had a, has a very, or had a very um, distinct vision for how he wanted his story represented, and I think that that's uh, definitely applaudable. So, yeah, um, so anyway, so new, new to leadership now that are open to other interpretations of his works. Uh, it's going to be Amazon, HarperCollins, and New Line collaborating. So New Line's the same uh, uh, film company that put out the, uh, the movies. So there'll be some like overlap there, I think. Uh, the only inclination we have of a plot is that it may occur during the 60-year gap between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Nothing's really confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really know a whole lot yet. You have, I think we talked about this last time, but you have mm-hmm. a kind of an interesting theory that, because we're just going to speculate on what the show could be sure, about, yeah. that, mm-hmm. that we might have a second age setting, which would be well, pretty sweet, I think. That would be cool, but that's not, I mean, I mean, like well, a lot of what we're hearing is it's not going to be that, right? I mean, it, 
That's true. But they're also calling it a Lord of the Rings TV show, and it's not really going to be a Lord of the... It's, it's a Middle-earth Tolkien yeah. show. So maybe they go the you know with the 60 years in between or mm-hmm. whatever, between The Hobbit and uh, The Fellowship. If they do that, that's cool. Um, if they do that, I, I think it'd be kind of neat to see um, some of the other kingdoms, maybe like how uh, Worm, Wormtongue kind of got in there mm-hmm. uh, and started to kind of corrupt... Almost you know. like a parallel story to the films. Well, or just, you know, maybe like what happened right before we get there. Oh, okay. You know what I, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. It's like maybe, yeah. maybe, you know, kind of yeah. like what t- uh, storytelling in a different part of mm-hmm. the, but but yet make sure that it's before Gandalf has sort of sent Frodo okay. out, out the door. Yeah. And expand, I, mean? I guess expand on the less developed characters, maybe the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a good idea. I don't know. I was just trying to think of what, what else could they do? You know what other company or people could like? Could they mm-hmm. follow Strider? You know, in those yeah. I mean, he's he's around for all. He's eighty seven right. during the yeah during the fellowship. So. What's he? What other yeah. adventures did he have? Right. I mean, Which he battled be... with Theoden when Theoden was a king, or yeah. a kid. I'm sorry, when he was a child. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I fought with his father. So so that would be kind of cool to see. Yeah, him. a young young Strider kind of thing. Right. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of stuff they could do. I I. I actually really like your idea, though. I think because we know the um, we know the show executives are listening in, and yeah, we do, and, and taking uh, you know <laughs> kind of using us for lead. So, <laughs> but I, I actually think a second age show would be sweet, like yeah. focusing on because we've never really seen Sauron physically rule, right? So I, anyway, I I wanted to point that out because that's a that's an awesome idea. I think it would be cool. I, I just unfortunately I was so I've shifted my mindset as to where I think they might go because I keep hearing mm-hmm. a lot of people talk about the sixty year period, mm-hmm. and I'm just like. Oh, I don't even know. See, and I can't tell if they're doing that to throw us off or they're doing that because they're not yeah. really sure or they know that that's what we know and we're comfortable with. And right. so we would be, okay, yeah, let's sandwich something between The Hobbit mm-hmm. and Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So yeah, that's what's out there right now. Um, yeah, we'll just have to see. Uh, I I would love, it's not going to happen. I would love it to just focus on The Shire. I'm, I'm still holding out for my, my Hobbit dramedy. Yeah. It's not going to happen. But that would be cool. someday. But here's the cool thing with this show, dude. If this yeah. show has success, which I think it will, I mean, they can do other spinoff series. They could, I mean, they mm-hmm. could expand and do, they could do movies that are just available on Amazon. Right. I mean, it, it could be pretty, pretty amazing. So yeah, I, I would love that. I don't know, dude, man, like a little, well, after reading this chapter, you're going to find out that staying in the Shire and learning more about the you know oh, the, yeah. the do's and don'ts and the the characters you want to know the well, characters I mean, you want to stay away from it could go on forever i mean they could do a show on old took you know yeah they could actually maybe. just kind of talk about you and know. the goblin king that he yeah. knocked the head yeah. oh for sure right the hobbit war that, the, yeah the goblin wars that'd be cool right do you yeah. know what though something that i was reading mm-hmm. not too long and i think it was uh christopher tolkien was talking about how the references and the illusions made in in the lord of the rings are just illusions back to Tolkien created stories, really. It's mm-hmm. all, it's whenever he makes like, a, um, he's not like alluding to other works, I guess, outside of his own. Mm-hmm. So the stories that are, that are, um, the characters talk about or reference, mm-hmm. he almost felt like sometimes you should leave those unfinished and leave those untold. Yeah. And so I don't want them to do, I, I almost don't want them to take some of those, all of those stories that we've heard about and then go try to tell all those stories. Some of them were meant to be left untold. But maybe you could tell your own a new story that then even has references to other stories, or maybe right. even references the same story that we heard. Um, right. You know, I don't know. You know, I I, I totally agree with you. I think, and I think that um, part of the thing that not ruined, but like I didn't like about the Hobbit films is they they did try to do too much. They did try to explain mm-hmm. some of those um, stories that were <clears throat> right just alluded to 
and and they tried to flush them out when it, it didn't feel necessary. Right. And so, yeah, I agree with that. Leaving some tales unfinished, but looking at those and seeing which ones will work for a TV show and yeah, right. digging yeah. into them. That'd yeah. be sweet. Um, that would be. I have one question. Should we should we be worried that Amazon won that bidding war? Uh, their enter- entertainment department has been hit or miss. They've got some sh- shows that have been really, really good, mm-hmm. some that we don't know about. And mostly I think it's because they're such a they're such a huge company and they do so many different things that I'm worried it might not be publicized or they might not attract the same kind of cast or director or crew that like Netflix mm-hmm. or HBO would have. Right. I'm not saying it's a well, bad thing, but I just don't know. Yeah, well, people were worried when Netflix started doing this, and then they kind of, you know, they, they brought in some young talent, and people got to go in there and show what they, what they can do. I hope that they spend the pretty penny to make this good. And see, it looks like they're going to. So, And the, and the one thing yeah. I will say is they don't have another, like, cash cow or show that's going to mm-hmm. suck a lot of funds. Right. This will be, be their Game of Thrones, really. Right. And I think, we'll talk about this later at some point, I think if Lord of the Rings, if like the Lord of the Rings trilogy never happens, the Hobbit films never happen, it's a TV show. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I think, and I almost think you could tell. I think fans who are who were upset that the films took some liberties mm-hmm. and changed things around to make it work in a film format right. would like a, a television show better mm-hmm. uh, because you could think about how how much longer television shows last. Oh yeah, the freedom you have, the right. pacing that's different. You could do a lot more. So I, I I would say like if Lord of the Rings was made today. It'd be a TV show. So anyway, if this is going to be Amazon's Game of Thrones type type deal, I think they're going to take care of it. I, I don't know. Yeah. It would be interesting to see who they get to direct all this stuff and yeah. and kind of oversee it. So, so I have so. to get a Prime account now. That's great. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, John Reese Davies reacted. I saw this on a, on an article and I wanted to share it. He hates the show idea. I think he called it a quote unquote travesty. Wow. Uh, essentially, believes it is just a cash grab. Yeah. And I would say, you know what, John Reese Davies. All due respect, I love you as Gimli. I love you as an actor, mm-hmm. but I don't give a fig what you think mm-hmm. about this TV show. Your wow. time in Middle Earth is done. Wow. You did a great job. Yeah, and I think I think if you have that kind of mindset going into this show, mm-hmm. or anything new that comes along as Tolkien, and what he's doing is he's comparing it to what they did in Lord of the Rings, which is incomparable. You can't do it. Right. I think you're setting yourself up to be disappointed. I think if you think, oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna suck. It's just a, it's just a cash grab. That's all it's for. It's, it's they're going in for some money because they've seen what Game of Thrones can do. And there's, I'm sure there's an element to that. But that's entertainment, babe. I mean, that's right. Anything people make now, they're gonna try and make money off of. So, I understand his frustration, mm-hmm. but I would like to approach this show with some optimism, right, and some excitement because I think it can be really cool. No, I'm with you actually because, um, you know, honestly, in Star Wars, the same thing sort of uh, happened with. You know, when they decided to go back and do the sequels, it was uh, this is just a uh, uh, a cash grab mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. is what, what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And I thought they finessed it and did such a good job with how they introduced, brought us back through the Force Awakens and stuff. Oh yeah. And I thought that showed people that they weren't just trying to make a, a cash grab. Yeah. And they yeah. there's a large fan base. This this series has been around for a long time, yeah. long time. Yeah. Has a lot of fans. So you got to be careful with that kind of thing. Yeah. You can't just go out there and throw a bunch of garbage out. Sure. So it'll and so saturate it. Exactly. And that's, I guess that's my one point. So if, if they're going to go out and, and it's a great story, you can make as much money on it as you want. I mm-hmm. don't care. I'll yeah. give you all the money I have for a, a great Lord of the Rings TV show. So, right. or at least a prime accounts worth. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, so we kind of talked about, uh, 
some of our what we'd like to see on the show and we'll continue that as more news comes out and we right. get more leaks and stuff like that we'll share that with you guys and i'm sure you'll be watching for that too so the tolkien biopic is called tolkien right now um yeah, i hadn't heard about this this is cool yeah actually it was my my beautiful mother mm-hmm. uh who told me that this was happening and she she loves biopics she loves history and she was like you know you might be interested in this you should share this so mom sure. thanks for keeping an ear to the ground for me um, nice. It's starring some some like decent actors. Uh, mm-hmm. Nicholas Holt, or I think that's how you say Nicholas Holt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He uh, is the Beast in the uh, remake of the X Men. He's the young Hank McCoy. Right. Uh, he was in the Mad Max Fury Road movie, uh, and he was Tesla in the current Road. Uh, awesome, awesome actor. Looks like young Tolkien. He'll be great. Uh, Lily Collins is cast as Edith, who is uh, the the love of Tolkien's life. We've got Craig Roberts, who is um, in The Fundamentals of Caring, which is on Netflix. Great movie if you want a, a really good uh, tearjerker. That's also a great story. Mm-hmm. little plug there. And also Submarine. He's playing Sam, who uh, is actually who Samwise the Brave is named after mm-hmm. and was one of his comrades in World War One. And then Colm Meany, who uh, was in the Star Trek franchise if you saw his face you'd recognize him and he's playing father francis xavier morgan who was a huge influence in tolkien's uh younger days it's directed by dome or it's being directed by dome uh karako wow dude karakowski karakowski i don't know i've never heard of dome before i'm sorry but it might be dome (laughs) so (laughs) dk is going to be directing that one uh it's so the the premise of the film is it's going to chronicle the author's youth uh, in which his friendship, love, and outcast status at school all lead to the horrors of the trenches of World War One, and that's where his his stories were born. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tolkien has a, a really um, incredible life story. Uh, dealt a lot with like tragic loss again and again and again. So, and I don't think there's been, or at least not a well known biopic um, of his that has ever been made. So this will be long overdue. And yeah. I think if it's done correctly, it'll be amazing. Yeah. Did, did you, you've read some, um, some, some books on him, right? Some, some biographies and yeah. stuff on yeah. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That, that'll be, cause I haven't done, um, as much study on his life as I, cause you recommended a couple to me. Yeah. Tom Shippey's to, author. Uh, what is it? Author of the century. I, I don't know the exact title, but it's a, good, it's yeah. a, yeah. What's the author's name? Biography. Tom Shippey. Tom Shippey. Yeah. Okay. It's a great book. We we'll could actually up. even read that and review that at some point. Yeah. It's that'd be cool. It's great. It, delves into all aspects of his life well because so. i mean you brought up something that I, we're going to talk here just a little bit about and the, during the reread is is like the setting and then the idea i i did these are things i didn't like the more i get into this and getting back into middle earth and looking up the letters and the things that tolkien wrote about his stories it's unbelievable guys ezra is lighting up you didn't see him before i, I was trying to have conversations with him and it was like talking to a brick stove Brick yeah, wall, I, <laughs> brick wall, cold stove. Cold stove. He, he's 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 like moments up to the show. Yeah, like not just this past two weeks. I'm just ignoring months before. He's just <laughs> minutes up to the show. Just uh huh. Right, right. Are you reading again? What? Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh huh. The dude's just he's just, firing on all cylinders, man. I love it. So there's you're just so good, much. You're getting pr- uh, primo as right now. Oh god, primo as. Yeah. So there's no release. Well, I mean, date. if you leave me alone, I'd be able to get it a lot more done. You know. Oh, god, give me a break, dude. Jesus. Stepping on my toe there, son. All right. So there's no release date. For, oh, um, okay. Uh, there's sorry. Uh, as just made my thing pink. My bad. Couldn't really see Google Docs. Um, so there's no release date uh, set for this film, but we'll keep one eye <laughs> <laughs> on this project and update you with any progress that, nice. that comes along. All right. 
It's awesome. That was cool. Thank you for that. That's fun. Okay, cool. So um, yeah, that's that's some uh, good show information. The biopic is going to be cool. Um, we, every once in a while, well, this won't happen every show, we kind of talk about important dates just in Middle Earth and things that are happening um, around this time that we're recording or the, the, the time the show will air. Speaking of important dates, can I ask you on a yeah. date right now? Sure. When that Tolkien biopic comes out, let's go watch it together and review it. Yeah. do that? Absolutely, we okay. will. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. Okay. We'll share a popcorn. Oh, cherry coke. <laughs> and a, and a cherry yeah, coke. Yeah, cherry that's coke. Right. Hey, second breakfast. Yeah, okay. Um, Sorry. Right. Dates wanna, in Middle Earth. Yeah, you want to go over some of these uh, just, just important dates that we've uh, we got, like yeah. January 9th through 12th you have here? Or yeah. Uh, so these are kind of these dates leading up to this podcast, actually, that you're going to hear. Um, so this is where the these are dates in Middle Earth, mostly following the fellowship. Uh, on January 9th through 12th, there's snow on Caradras. So this is a mountain pass that the fellowship takes, and they're just getting pummeled with snow. And I kind of forgot you had mentioned this is a longer, you know, yeah. uh, drawn out. Uh, we get more details in the book yeah. about this. In the film, it's intense but right. brief. Yeah. yeah, and the books, it lasts a little bit, like with everything in the books, it lasts a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Then on January 13th, they are coming down from Caradras, the mountain pass. They're attacked by wolves. Pretty intense. Then the fellowship reaches the west gate of Moria. And Gollum begins to trail the ring bearer. We should have said, if you haven't read the books at all, I guess disregard that. Don't worry about that. That didn't <laughs> well, really happen. That, I, go ahead and get the last date and, and then, we'll talk about that. Yeah. The reread, yeah. And then January 14th, uh, they're in Moria. They made it in. They got, got away from the watcher unscathed. Well, right. scared. Price of soil panties. But yeah, yeah, but they're in Moria. So those are your dates in Middle Earth for the past fortnight. That's awesome. Um so Elena brought up an interesting point. Uh, as we do this reread, we know there are some some of you who have already reached out to us on Facebook and said, never read the book, can't wait to do it, this is going to be awesome, and, and we're really happy to have you along and uh, excited about that. Some people, I think a couple, maybe one or two, mm-hmm. said haven't read the books and haven't seen, seen the, the movies. Right. So I was like, oh man, um, there will be spoilers in yeah. this because we will not be able to hold ourselves back from talking about connections <sighs> right. later on and stuff. Um that would be, I mean, we're, we're going to... It would, it would handcuff us, wouldn't it? A little bit, just I because uh, there's so many things that we, we want to... When you go back into this uh, for a reread, essentially, is what we're yeah, doing. Yeah. Um, you, you, you make those extra connections right. to things that you didn't read necessarily the first or second or third right. time. So some of you that are reading this the first time, um, if you hopefully you've seen the films and then you're not we're not spoiling a bunch of stuff right, for you. Know, you. Basic plot um, stuff. And a lot mm-hmm. of times we'll stick right into just the, the style and the tone um, that Tolkien takes with this work, mm-hmm. but every once in a while we're going to make a, a couple references, and we won't reference too far ahead. We're not no. going to like all of a sudden flash to like the Return of the King and something that happens at the right. very end of the story. Right. Um, we're not going to do that, but um, yeah, just kind of a and, and even if you yeah, and even if you hear us talking about it, it's it's one thing to hear us kind of go over it, and then it's something else to read it yourself and to feel that build up within the text, and another thing to even watch it on film. So. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it might feel like a spoiler or something in the moment, try try to just go experience it within the within the book or within the movie, and I promise it it won't disappoint. Right. Because I I read uh, Two Towers and Return of the King before seeing the movies, and they were they, like we said last podcast. I told you that that was all new to me. So, um, and I still love the movies. I wasn't disappointed by by anything I saw. So, yeah, right, yeah, <clears throat> exactly. Okay, cool beans. So, guess what I just noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I got it though. Don't worry. Um, this we'll, we'll, we have an outline. Lynn and I have an outline, and uh, he didn't share it with me until. Um, okay. 
I thought I did. Right. It's cool. And it turned out I didn't. So <clears throat> I wouldn't have been able to get into it anyways because I was doing. I know. As act like he had all this time. He's on like seven podcasts. It's and ridiculous. like trying to land a drone on the moon or something. Right. I don't know. The dark side. Dark side of the of moon. The moon. <laughs> trying to find Vader there. Uh, so he doesn't. He wouldn't have had time. Anyways, so we will have actually our outlines um, uploaded to Patreon if you yeah. want to check those out and just kind of you kind of follow along in different things here. But and I'll have the summary typed in when you when we <laughs> upload it. Um, so just to kind of quickly summarize this chapter, um, it starts off we kind of get uh, it's the tie-in between the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. We get to learn um, more about um, Bilbo. There's a lot of storytelling. Um, it's sort of told by uh, the gaffer. He kind of fills in some of these different things. There's mm-hmm. some rumor. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're building up to Bilbo's birthday, mm-hmm. essentially. Yep. And I'll make this short. Um, and then as we kind of move through his birth, there's preparation for the birthday. Mm-hmm. The party happens. Mm-hmm. There is um, a little speech, a joke. And the next thing you know, um, we are, you know, Bilbo's out. He's headed on a, another little adventure. Yeah. And then Frodo cleans up the mess. Left to pick up the mess. Poor right. Frodo. Yeah. Yeah. And Gandalf is a little mystified as to I mean, he's got some things he needs to questions he, that need he answering leaves unexpectedly. Yes, he does. So and this chapter is titled a long expected party, which there's some irony in there, too, isn't there? There is pretty cool. It's really cool. I mean, plays with the words the, yeah. the tie in, um, you know, to the to the Hobbit chapter one um, is an unexpected party, party. which mm-hmm. is where we kind of came up with the name for our podcast an unexpected podcast. Yeah, that's right. Um, so. The idea is here that this is long expected, a long awaited, you know, sort of adventure and journey. And it's, 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 it's going to be interesting. Let's, let's dive into it. Let's do it. Okay. We're calling this filling up the corners. That's right. (laughs) Which is a reference. As hobbits would. As they would. That's right, man. Man. Doesn't that feel good to fill up the corners? I love filling up the corners. I love it. So filled. Mm. So filled. Um, All right, so uh, we got a couple. We've divided the chapter really into like four uh, big pieces here. So we've got. Uh, Ezra, you are you are an I just excellent. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, no I was just going to give you a compliment. Oh, I, we'll, oh. we'll brush by it. We don't have to. No, give me a compliment. No, I want to hear it. It's cool. I want to hear it. That's fine. <laughs> they don't want to hear us pander to one another. That's okay. No, no, I think you do an excellent job of analyzing stuff. You do. You have a, an analytical mind. Wow. You're a bit anal, I guess you could say. Wow. In a good way. Okay, good. You know, <laughs> Uh, no, you analyze really well. You're able to segment stuff and break stuff up. I get lost sometimes in minutia. Like I, I, I fixate on like a, a my scope can be so narrow. But you, I, and I think that's why we work well together. I mean, I guess we'll see, right? We'll, we'll see. see if we do or not. <laughs> we'll see if we're a good <laughs> fellowship here. But um, I believe we are. And yeah, I think me too. I think you have the broad scope. You're able to see the the bigger picture, and I'm able to come and go go in sometimes and like pick apart little tiny, no, you seemingly meaningless meaningless things. Well, because because I mean, when I was looking or at maybe your they notes, are meaningless. I don't know. No, they're not meaningless. They, I mean, yeah, they probably are. Like when I looked at your notes and stuff, I was interested because the way we did this is that Lane took some notes, I took some notes. We kind of did this blind, and we had some overlap, which was awesome. Um, and then, but our style and, and note taking and how we went through the book is very different. Totally different. Um, yeah, it so gave I found me a little that. bit of trepidation. I was a little intimidated. As is, no, as I mean, is I, coming at it, baby. I, I think like a dra- like a dragon on a shire party. Well, see, that's why I don't think I'd be able to not make references and and, and allude Got different to. parts of the Middle Got Earth to. because it's I, so interconnected. I like to see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, I agree. Yeah. Okay, so this is I'm going to break down the four different. Um, we've divided this into fourths. The first uh, fourth is called "Back in the Shire," uh, and rumors sixty years after the Hobbit. Um, and then what we'll do, I'm actually going to just give you all the headings here. Then we'll jump into party planning. Gandalf arrives 12 years later. 
Um, then we're going to go to the long expected party mm-hmm. and we'll finish with Bilbo's departure. Okay. So, um, back in the Shire, what a great place to be. I told you, man. I mean, I, I mean, you knew it. So I guess I told myself reminded myself right. about how amazing it is to be there. That's why I want a TV show there. It's just like, you just want to spend time there. And I think maybe if you lived in the Shire, it might be kind of annoying because mm-hmm. you got a lot of these characters, a lot of, a lot of rumor millers, but like yeah. it is just so interesting. The family trees, the importance of family, um, the, the characteristics of the different families, uh, just hobbits in general. They're cool little kooky Absolutely. creatures, man. There's the, the, the Shire is more intricate and there's more, uh, it's, I mean, just going over like one or two neighborhoods, they consider, you know, that those should be weird and queer folk over yeah. there and they're not, you know, normal and stuff. And it's just not, right. to hear that it Let's sounds see. like it's a more vast yeah. It's very small, but yet yeah. to the to to a hobbit, it feels huge. large. Well, unless you know? we should probably I guess maybe break down for people who don't know, hobbits are halflings. Mm-hmm. They're creatures that are three three and a half feet typically. Right. They've got uh, bigger sized feet. Yeah, with they do. like as much hair on their feet on the tops of their feet as we have on our heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, curly hair usually, cherub cherub like mm-hmm. cute little things. Yep. Yep. So. And maybe, it, maybe it's farther because they have shorter legs. Right. Maybe, maybe the Shire's bigger that maybe. way. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> you don't is. know. I right. mean, um, no, and they, they love to, they, they love things that grow. Yes. And, and they, they the love earth. to be, you mm-hmm. know, in the earth, in holes, in a hobbit hole, yep. you know. And they love uh, good food. Good food. Right. Right. Warm exactly. hearth. Yeah. Exactly. Good stuff. Um, so here we go. Diving into um, some of the sweatiness of this. Frodo. I'm going to talk about Frodo's connection to uh, Bilbo and how it's similar yet different mm-hmm. um gosh hopefully i'm not jumping around all over the place here this do it is, man get is into it okay it. let's okay. just dive in because this kind of starts off where we're talking about um we we have to kind of move the story and shift it from bilbo to frodo mm-hmm. and these two characters are are different um but yet they are similar they have this um uh, you know, like when we first meet Bilbo in The Hobbit, we're kind of we, we kind of have to go backwards a little bit and talk about that mm-hmm. just in how that he was your typical Hobbit. Um, he, you know, uh, was a very unexpected party and journey that he went on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it takes Gandalf sort of giving him the, you know, boot out the door and, and, and stuff to get him going. Yeah, right? he's, re- he's resistant to his yeah. adventure. Yeah. And so when he comes back, he's very changed. And um, it's because of Gandalf that he you know, ter- that, that he's interested now in adventure and he's mm-hmm. interested in the elves and the dwarves and, and writing and stories and the mountains and things yeah. like that. Frodo. Didn't they say something Tukish work, woke up yes. in him? Yes, yeah, they from did. His, from exactly. his lineage. Yeah, the Tukes are like well, notoriously sort of more adventurous and right. magical. There's something weird with well, their they lineage. they that in this chapter a little yeah. bit, actually. Like so, they've got some elven blood in them or something, Yeah, dude. I don't know. Elf well, and I think that's that's why Gandalf, you know, sought him out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. Which yep. is cool, so. Yeah. But the idea here then is that Frodo is actually um, where he gets this love of adventure and long walks and storytelling and elvish language and stuff like that is from his uncle Bilbo. Mm-hmm. You know, so very, very different, I mm-hmm. guess. So, so they're different in that respect, but they're they're they still have a common sort of love for it. They're a little more adventurous and, and yeah. things. Yeah. So um, one of those adventures is very unexpected, mm-hmm. and then it's through Bilbo that it becomes. A long expected uh, adventure again, and then it's passed on to Frodo. So yeah, it's it's yeah. interesting. It is very interesting. Um, so yeah, that's just sort of my connection between the two, and to kind of bridge the 
um, the two books, I guess. So um, what do you got? I was just going to talk about the tone. I think it's so interesting how uh, this chapter, it does a lot of things, but the thing it probably does most of all is it, it shows that this is going to be a very different story. So I imagine like people who read The Hobbit um, probably saw this, you know, as a, a sequel to The Hobbit, got pretty excited and may have been a little bit shocked when they read this first chapter mm -hmm. because uh, it shows that this is a much broader world um, than any just than just any like one. And we get that from The Hobbit, but it's pretty focused on Bilbo and and how he experiences this adventure and everything. But this this. Uh, book and this chapter starts to like describe things in way way deeper detail um so it's it's about you know more than just one character or group of characters um like a, a lot of people probably came into it going yeah another you know maybe not saying lighthearted adventure but another lighthearted adventure with mm -hmm. uh bilbo he's going to be our main character again we're going to go on another adventure and what happens is um tolkien says no that's right. not what we're doing. Mm -hmm. This isn't Bilbo's story anymore. It's <clears throat> uh, yeah. it. This story belongs to someone or something else. And uh, yeah, so and he kind of in a in a tactful way, he destroys all those notions. Mm -hmm. So if you if I mean if you had no idea what the story was like coming into it, and you had read The Hobbit, you're you're just gonna be kind of blown away well what's I interesting think. is yeah. it's he he's very delicate in how he does it yeah. uh because you know you almost it's not, it's not that you have to read the hobbit first but if you do read the hobbit first um and you you have this attachment to bilbo um yeah it's through bilbo that we accept frodo and that yeah. we that we're we kind of see he loves and cares for frodo and and just was close to him and yep. things like that so we very quickly accept frodo and he is our it's easier that way mm -hmm. right um, if we don't quite know who Bilbo is, mm -hmm. he also threads a needle here and does a really good job of the of the rumor mill and the storytelling about yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know through the gaffer, yeah. which is really good. Then, so if you didn't quite get all of that in the Hobbit and you just jumped in here, you're still okay. He catches you up over the past sixty years, right? Yeah, and the and the implications of uh, Bilbo's, or I guess what people are talking about after Bilbo's journey, right? Yeah, and you get it from a uh, from a different point of view, which it's, I think, dude, I, really think it's, cool. I think it's brilliant. We talked about we wrote it down to talk right. about it. I think it's brilliant the way he gives that like third person perspective mm -hmm. of Bilbo and Frodo. Um, yeah. Right. We have more on that later though, don't we? Yeah, we do. I want we you do. to dig into that. We do. So, yeah. Um, one thing I want to, before we kind of jump into like even more of that, the, the, the storytelling and the rumor mill that we get with the gaffer, we thought of something, Lane actually thought of this. I just put it in blue. I don't know why I did, but Frodo's connection to Tolkien him, him himself. Yeah. Right. Um, because we, we we have to learn about Frodo, and we we we're at the Ivy Bush, mm -hmm. right? And we start to kind yeah. of that's where we start to learn about Frodo. On the high Water Road, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and as soon as we do, we start to. As soon as you learn about some of these things um, about Frodo, you can make a real good connection to Tolkien. You said, yeah. So Tolkien, like his his parents died when he was young. Uh, I think his his dad died first, and then his mother when he was like four. So his parents were gone. Mm -hmm. um, same happens to to Frodo. He loses his parents, and he, he his uncle or uncle Bilbo adopts him, and so he goes and lives with him. Mm -hmm. uh, then you know Bilbo leaves. Um, Tolkien had friends that he went to World War One with, and they all died. Mm -hmm. um, so there's this repeated uh, building up of like really important people in their life, and then ju them just leaving mm -hmm. uh, over and over again. So. Uh, that's one way they're they're definitely tied, and how that trauma affected them uh, 
as they move forward. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's very interesting. I don't know. I don't know if he was necessarily writing Frodo as having those similarities with himself. I'm. Sh- I don't know. I don't know if he did it intentionally or it just came out on its own. Yeah, we could what. be making a connection that maybe he was. Yeah, he trying. never even intended. Sure. Yeah, and but maybe he didn't. Yeah. So, but that's something that we a parallel we found that we thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, what else you got here? So we got um, we talked about uh, you got the ring here. Yeah. So the ring, Tolkien sets the tone uh, for this story. The Hobbit's all about adventure, and this is about um, this this story is about destroying. We know that there's this huge evil presence, mm-hmm. and that we're gonna have to it's gonna have to be destroyed. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, hang on well a one thing. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, when when you talk about the ring and the tone and all, all that uh, stuff, I was reading an article not too long ago um, about how the Hobbit was intended to be more of like a child's book, mm-hmm. and and it makes sense actually when I when I went when I think back on that, and again that was the book that got me into the the Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a straightforward uh, forward ad- adventure. Mm-hmm. There's a dragon. It's yeah. it's magical. It doesn't seem like the world is ending. Right. And this is very much a the the world. Everyone is in peril. Yeah, you know, it's not just the the, yeah. the, the small company or whatever. It's much larger, and the stakes are higher. Yeah, um, which then kind of pushes in Tolkien's mind to a a and like an adult book, right, or like yeah. an adult story, yeah. more, right? Yeah, because like he found that, way heavier themes going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. The sure. interview I read where it was basically he had saw that like some you know I don't know, ten to eleven year olds were reading it and stuff, and he's kind of like, huh, <laughs> <Little>. <laughs> you know, that's okay, all right, that's fine, but I'm not yeah. what maybe what I intended. Yeah, you his know? audience isn't. Yeah, right. So I thought that was interesting, um, and I think you even see a difference in in the setting in the Shire. That's a nice place to start this mm-hmm. adventure, mm-hmm. but even there, um, you start to kind of get to know more about these hobbits. And you talk. We will talk later about uh, a gold curse and more drinking and yeah, more dude. different things that happen to these hobbits. And it's 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 interesting. You can tell yeah. it. He intended it to be a little bit different. Yeah. So, yeah. but anyways, yeah. Go ahead. No, you're you're up. That next. Okay. One. Cool. Yeah. Um. So let's see. Um. Oh, just let's, we were just gonna dive into the rumors and the storytelling. At yeah. The let's Abbey do Bush. it. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's go to the uh, the Ivy Bush. Let's hang out there for a bit. So this is neat. Uh, this is an inn, uh, the Ivy Bush, and it's kind of where we get all this um, storytelling. And you've got uh, Ham Gamgee, uh, the gaffer, uh, at number three, Bagshot Road, just below Bag End. I thought that was really <laughs> cool. Those are the details I like. Yeah, that I, and, I, I like that. And on on the uh, uh, there and back again, mm-hmm. the uh, the Patreon series. Yeah, you get to hear about yeah number three, Bagshot That's Road. Right. Yeah, because it's you can actually go to New Zealand and see. Yeah. The real Bagshot Row. I mean, Bag End's there too, but you go down the hill right. and back number three Bagshot Row is right there. It's so cool. That's awesome. It's so cool. That is actually really cool. Yeah. It just gives you some extra details and it sort of makes uh yeah. makes it feel more real. You it know does, what I mean? Dude. It's uh it's it's enough detail, but then you you you're still left with um room to imagine Absolutely. and things like that. Absolutely. So yeah. Um but he's he's telling a story there and um he is. Um, <laughs> I thought something that was funny is as they sort of each character, each character that they introduce, they kind of uh, <laughs> give you some context to them and 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 provide some characterization. And uh, he's considered a leading authority on potatoes <laughs> by all in the neighborhood, including himself. That's right, dude. So he also uh, considers himself to be an authority on you know potatoes and, and other things. Got to take so, pride in the spuds, right? If you yeah. know how to do it. Yeah, that's right, dude. Um, so I thought that that was interesting. Um, Let's see. I'm gonna jump down to my next part here. Yeah, do um, it. So uh, at, at the Ivy Bush, you've got travelers from Mickledelving. Um, mm-hmm. You got like it's a, a stranger, right? They never mentioned. Yeah, they don't give his name. He's just a traveler. So he could be a a hobbit. 
That's what I was wondering. Is or he, he could not be. Most I guess likely, like we need to do some research about Mickle Delving. Yeah, I think Mickle Delving is. I know it's part of the Shire, right? But I don't Listen, know. It was the West. Um, yeah, it's way. Yeah, it's way west. Yeah. 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 So I don't know, but he was just—he's listed as a stranger. Yes. So I thought that was probably Strider. Wow. It's probably Strider, dude. Get out of here! You're, that's ridiculous. He's hanging out in bars, <laughs> going, "I know about this Frodo." Uh huh. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Right. All right. Um. So you yeah, have that. Fiction. You have that traveler. Um. You've got Ted Sandyman, the Miller. The your, Miller. Your favorite. I hate him. Character. I don't like him, dude. Yeah. Negative Nancy. Get yeah. out of here, Teddy. He is, and and, Go and, your and the gaffer doesn't like him either. And that's why I don't like him. That's I right. Straight I trust through. the gaffer. Me too. Nothing Me too. for it. It's not natural. Uh, you've got old uh, Noakes uh, of Bywater. Uh, he's the one who kind of brings up Frodo, and then mm-hmm. um, the gaffer gets into more more talk about that. Uh, don't forget Daddy Two-Foot's there as well. Can't forget Daddy Two-Feet. <laughs> I was so confused. I had to stop and go back. And, <laughs> and when the gaffer says, you're right, Dad. <laughs> I'm like, who's he talking to? Is that <laughs> Sam's grandfather? Is he, what what's is he this? talking about? Oh. Um, so yeah. he's actually next door neighbor uh, to the Gamgees, mm-hmm. which is really kind of cool. They say that um, I thought was interesting. Just again, the extra um, detail brings up uh, he brings up Buckland. So different people are there to bring up different um, areas of the Shire and different characters yep. and things. Yeah. Um, so and he, uh, what's interesting is when they bring up Buckland, and it's important that we talk about it now. Yeah. It's, it's location. It's location. Yeah. yeah. It being near the old forest. <laughs> yeah. Makes it. Um, it, it, well, in, in their words, queer. It makes yeah. it very weird, and and, and the, those folk are strange. And you got and the Brandywine River that separates Buckland right. from from the old forest. They don't, yeah, they don't mess around with the old forest. No, they don't. They, they don't like it. They, they, they don't for good it, reason. For, yeah, exactly. Well, even we'll, <laughs> you we'll love you love the old. Forest. I love the old forest. I just can't we'll wait there, to get there, baby. It's so uh, TB. Mary is is interesting when we get to the old forest oh, for but, sure. Um, but yeah, so they bring that up and. Because Frodo's um, mother mm-hmm. is a Buckland, mm-hmm. right? Um, or is a, um, mm-hmm. what's Brandy her Buck? Brandy Buck, thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, from Buckland, right? So, yeah. and I believe that's where he grew up, right? So that's where Frodo grows up mm-hmm. and he's there. Um, and so then it's after like the death of his father and mother. And mother. Drowned. Yeah. That comes up in this conversation. It does. And, um, there's some suspicion around yeah. what happened there. Yeah. We don't Do really we, know. There's some cool fan theories. Do we want to talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about it. I there mean, is a fan theory right. that's that I don't know. I, I wish I could give it like credit to someone. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We don't need to know. We don't need to talk about that yet. Should we not talk about it? Well, we're not going to. Do we it's, bring up that character yet? Let's leave it. Let's leave it. Let's okay. leave it. Well, it's just interesting. There's mysteries surrounding their death. Right. I mean, uh, it wasn't natural. Ted, yeah, Ted Sandyman uh, b- oh, believes God. that. I yeah, know that she uh, pushed him. Um, That's right. Is it Drogo? Or, Drogo. Yeah, father of Frodo. Into you know um, the water, and that uh-huh. he pulled her in with him. Right. You know, and, and like then, they weren't exactly happy with each other. Kind right. Of thing. Yeah. That, that kind loveless of loveless marriage. Which hey, I don't know. Yeah. You make that Shire dramedy, and then we know. Well, and, and the gaffer doesn't like it because it turns it from an accident into a mur- into murder. Right. And so he's, and that, he's that like, puts Frodo in a bad light. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I think he says something like, you know, that pushing and pulling, just you know, <laughs> yeah, Ted saying, right leave that, does, out. leave that out, you know. Yeah, that's right. Um, so he's he's kind of uh, anti that. Um, but defends. He defends the um, the Bagginses. He does big time. Yeah, big time goes to bat for him. Yeah, he, he's somebody you want on your side too. 
He is actually, yeah. yeah uh, Gaffer, you, you want him on your side. He's a good dude. He's a good guy, yeah. and um, he's well respected by other hobbits there too. So yeah. which is which is cool. Yeah. Um. All right. So moving on past that, uh, he kind of goes into, he reveals that there's a struggle now. I mean, Frodo, uh, is then adopted right by Bilbo, yep. and there's this. Uh, he's he's now the heir to Bag right. End because before that, Bag End was going to pass from Bilbo, who was getting up in age, uh-huh. although he looked pretty much on unchanged from 60 years prior that's another thing we 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 find out too is he's has not aged so for the time right he went on his venture with the company of thorin yeah he is no different they call him well preserved well preserved but unchanged yep is closer to the mark yep and uh so yeah so the but the natural heir after him is lobelia sackville baggins uh, who's like his his cousin or something? Mm-hmm. We have to go to the family tree. Yeah. It's all messed up, and yeah. Um, yeah. she's she's pretty eager to get to get back end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bilbo famously caught her trying to steal his spoons right. and all kinds of stuff. So she she like yearns to be in back end. She it's and it's prime real estate, man. It's beautiful, and she wants it for her own. And so this Frodo gets adopted by Bilbo, and you almost gotta wonder. Like, did he do that in part just to get at Lobelia? Did he say, yeah. I like Frodo. I, I like him a lot, but right. this is also going to really tick off Lobelia. Maybe it was twofold. Come I mean, live here. I, I, think, <laughs> I think more so. If you know the character of Bilbo, yeah. it could be. But it no, could, it is. Yeah. You're right. It's mostly, I think, because I mean, he, he loves the kid. That's the icing on the cake, though, is that yeah, he gets to you know, make him. Top. Cherry on Yeah. He gets to make him. Gets to make Frodo his heir. Yeah. And then bypass Pass the it on. That's right, too. Which is great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's all brought up again by the gaffer um, there at the ivy bush, and uh, and it's actually the stranger from Mickle Delving that actually brings out the idea of gold and jewels, spelled J O O L. That's right, I love the spelling of that. Spilling know, so. out from the tunnels of Bag End, yeah, like he's got more than enough wealth, yeah. Which is it any of their business anyway? But no, they're hobbits, so no, it's not. There, there's right. an obsession though, right? That's set in over over Hobbiton about. The Over. gold and the diamond yeah. or the jewels and things that could be there. Yeah. And, um, you know, Gaffer explains it that, you know, when he saw him come back uh, with those ponies, that he That's had right. those chests. He had a couple his, chests. Yeah. Yep. And they've never really seen, he has more than enough money. Right. Um, very, and, but he's also very, um, gosh, what's what's the word? He, he, he gives his money. I guess he's very, very generous, um, generous yep, with his absolutely. money. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think that's why people kind of forgive him. It was like yeah, they forgive him that he's yeah, yeah. Right? I think they even say that. I they think do. they say that they forgive yeah. him of yeah his his queerness. He's yeah. weird. He's a yeah strange dude. Right. Um. He, then the gaffer goes on to suggest this is where we bring in Samwise. He that yeah. his son uh, would know more about that because yep. he's up there kind of tending the gardens now and, and more about Frodo too. He said you right. know Samwise is a friend of Frodo and yep. has nothing bad to say about him and that Frodo treats him well too and. Right. Yeah. Well, and he goes on to even characterize um, this. I, I love the gaffer and I love him being the storyteller here in the beginning, Dude, which it's is a great. great. It is just like because I can picture him sitting around yes. talking about this. And right? it's, and it's ch- the, the I, we're spending a long time on this because no, it's all right. It, there's so much information here. Yeah. He unpacks yeah. so much stuff Does. like and, and that's I me. Mean, that's why it took me 20 years to read this, reread this <laughs> section, because you're trying to process all this stuff. Yeah. And, and you're learning about people from a third party. And then you're learning like five different opinions about the same thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, and it characterizes hobbits in that aspect. It, so it shows you they, they love rumors and they love stories right. and they love mythology. Uh, it's well, just it's great. Dude. I just thought of something. What's Clops interesting right is that yeah. they're very leery of, you know, uh, uh, 
strange things or, 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 or queerness, but boy, they love but they're to, pretty damn attracted to it. Aren't they? Yeah. They love to talk about it and stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and they'll always kind of bring it up in conversation and, and yeah. point it out. They love right. to point it out. Right. So they're paying they're attention They're not innocent. To it. Yeah. No, they're Those not. Those little hobbits. They're not They know all. what they're doing. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I thought that was interesting in the characterization of, yeah. of Bilbo is that the gaffer goes on to, he praises him and he says that um, he let, uh, or he helped oh, Samwise yeah. learn his letters. Yep. Learned him his letters. And very important, he says, meaning no harm, mark you, and I hope no Harm will come of it, right? What learning his letters is going to cause well, harm, and you and know. see that kind of shows uh, that shows like the whole British society thing, right? Yeah. I mean, like the the whole the class system that they kind of had, where right. you know, if you know too much, you, you read too much, it's not your place, right? You know, you're a, you're a humble gardener, uh-huh. you shouldn't be reading letters, yep, or you know, learning your letters and reading words, yeah, because you're going to get ideas. You're right; it gives you a, an insight into their society and and mm-hmm. what he's trying the structure to, they have. Because um, Tolkien's always kind of come out and said that this is supposed to be like the rule, you know, um, England, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. So he created. I mean, this is a, a mythology that he created for England, right? Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of their mythologies are either borrowed uh, or hodgepodge from. Not really. They're not originated in Britain. Yeah, it's stuff from uh, the Normans or from the Saxons. It's not. True to them. So he wanted to create something that was totally British. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, one thing you mentioned here, and I guess before we move on to the next section, is is the idea of of showing versus telling. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, it's his style. I mean, we pretty much, yeah, we we touched on that. And, 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 Do we? Okay. But no, but I, I love how he does that. He doesn't, one thing that Tolkien does um, that I think a lot of people don't do one, because it's hard, but two, because it takes a lot of trust, is that he tr- he trusts his audience. Mm-hmm. He will present information and tell a story in such a way that um, he'll tell you everything you need to know and more, but he doesn't he doesn't present it in a way like he he thinks you're an imbecile, right? Right? He'll give you information in a respectful way, in a natural way, like you would learn it in a converse over here in a conversation in a pub, right? Mm-hmm. Right? He doesn't say. Bilbo was this, and they were saying this about him. Yeah, he doesn't directly characterize no, him. No, it's all indirect. It is. It's it's like you see shadows and reflections of characters. It's mm-hmm. like it's a very um, organic, natural way that you. I mean, that's how you. So if if you plopped into the Shire right now before meeting Bilbo, right, you'd run into a, a you'd go into a pub and run into people who knew him, and you'd hear stuff about him first that's what happens to us that's and right. he, he does that so well he does it so well and even though we're meeting we're not we're not meeting bilbo for the first time we're coming back to bilbo after a long period of time right it's the same kind of concept mm-hmm. um and and we haven't met frodo yet so this is how we're introduced to frodo right and it's just a it's a it's a brilliant way to rehash the last six decades that have passed right and it's this brilliant. is yeah and this is a little bit of a tangent but you know one of your qualms with the with the Hobbit, yes, was that they didn't they treat don't us that do way. That. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of times, it, I don't know. It seems like the the longer movies are made and the more reboots and stuff they do, it seems like the more they just they they try to spoon feed audiences, and you don't have to do it. And that's something mm-hmm. that I, I actually love about uh, the Last Jedi yeah. is they don't do that. They yeah. they throw stuff at you and they uh, they make allusions to things that mm-hmm. um, you have to go look up afterwards or you have to have seen the previous films to know. But they don't do it in a way that um, disrespects you as a as a fan. Right. Uh, if you're not a fan, you you 
Because that's the thing. If you're not a fan, you go, well, what's that? Well, I'll, I'll go look it up. Right. And if you are a fan, you go, oh, yeah, I like how they did that. That's, right. That makes sense. Yeah, they don't insult your intelligence. And no. They, they, you know, Because yeah. really, it, like when they do that, it almost kind of insults not only your intelligence, but your fandom. Mm-hmm. It's like, bro, I, I watched Lord of the Rings. I don't need you to tell me who who Aragorn is. Like, right. Then that Legolas is going to meet him. Like, yeah. come yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm kind of bitter over no, it's That's okay. I just think it, it was uh, when you brought that up. I thought I thought back to yeah. we've had conversations about yeah. the Hobbit, and, and and Tolkien doesn't do that, and that's why I love him so much. Yeah, he he, he knows you're a smart person, or an inquisitive person, or both, and that you're gonna figure it out. And it 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 I don't know. It's great. Yeah, it it's, is. It's cool to be trusted by a, an author like that. That's why he is. I mean, the revered. Best. Yeah, the best. I mean, just you know, the best. Amazing. Um. So at the end of this, uh, this little uh, Ivy Bush, um scene here we kind of talk about frodo going and being adopted by bilbo in his tweens i'm thinking 2021 right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um because the coming of age right yeah. isn't that when hobbits come of age well um oh, that's 30 33, 33. so but their well, tweens are kind of like their teenage yeah sort of, sort of their uh kind of rebellious years yeah, yeah they mess guess. around yeah. right because we're going to move into our next um sort of the second fourth of this chapter which is the uh, party planning and gandalf arrives and this is you know sort of 12 years Later after, um, so Frodo's been there. I'm sorry, Frodo's been there 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, he's now turning 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bilbo got him when he was 99. Bilbo's turning, you know, 111. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the party we are prepping for. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't put together, actually, I, and, until this this very last time that I, I was on the way here and I was listening to it again, um, is that when you put that you know, 111 and 33 together, it, it equals One a gross. gross. And I didn't cool? get. The, I, 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 I was like, I got oh, it until just now. Yeah, that's yeah. why he wanted that number, and it was that's so totally why significant. Dude, he was so clever. You know, because it yeah. put yeah. So it's four Frodo and him together. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so really cool. Um, I'm going to talk about the the first week of September. Um, so we get into this party planning. It's the first week of September. Uh, several dwarves arrive. They're odd looking. They got an odd looking wagon. They're singing some odd songs. And uh, the the word the phrase there is outlandish. Yeah. And again, there's some there's some uh, really beautiful alliteration that mm-hmm. you know Tolkien uses there, and it's it's really cool how how that um, he uses he does it a lot, mm-hmm. doesn't he? In, in, oh, yeah. in his writings and things. So um, very poetic. Yeah. Yeah. The way he explains things and yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. So I thought that was interesting. Just the just um, the idea that. More strange folk are showing up at Bag End, <laughs> yep. and it's just sort of getting the myths re- just growing, right? Yeah, it's like just the getting, legend is getting taller. It's, getting and taller. Re- it's like they had sixty years of kind of like peaceful, yeah, times, and all of a sudden this is all coming back. Yeah, it's like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. You know, he's had <laughs> yeah. birthdays before, but why is this so? Uh, you know, such a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so they describe Tolkien describes it as the finest September ever, which is kind of cool because I think we can all picture, uh, just the the beauty of September, right? Summer's kind of winding down; it's still warm. But falls on the horizon. Uh, I, I can just envision like crystal clue. Cr- yeah, crystal clue. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, that's that too. Right. Crystal clear blue skies. Yeah, you know some of the leaves are starting to change a little bit, but they're still bright and green. And you've got perfect weather, right? Like low seventies. Yeah. I mean, it's just oh, the perfect dude. time for a party, man. Yeah, yeah. The finest September around. Right. And that's just that's cool. It puts you in a nice space. I think it puts you in a comfortable spot, um, which is important because you're getting ready to enjoy a good party. Right. So Gandalf and the dwarfs come. Um, Ezra already mentioned that they're probably, I mean, I guess we can kind of, uh, surmise that they're members of Thorin's company, though we're not given that directly. We're given clues, uh, but we're not told exactly who, 
So we know that they're coming back into the story. We know that they're either probably dwarves that he adventured with before within, that were part of the company, Thorin's company, or they're relations to them, mm-hmm. right? That's, right. The only way, that's the only way he would know dwarves right. unless they randomly came into, you know, he bumped into them in the Shire, which is less likely. So, but it's, it's interesting to you that um, Tolkien doesn't say it was Bomber and Biffer and Buffer. It was, it was right. Dwalin <clears throat> right. and, uh, you know, uh, I can't think of another one, another one of them. Yeah. One of their names, whatever. Yeah. One of the, it was yeah. not one from uh, Thorin's company. Yeah. Uh, Cause again, it's another, it's another, um, it's another message he's sending that this isn't about Bilbo's journey. This isn't about, you know, this isn't his story anymore. It's uh, we're moving on from that. So it's not important mm-hmm. who these dwarves were. Yeah. It's important they're, that they came because they're connected to Bilbo, but it's not important who they were. We're not worried right. about dwarves right now. It just shows that that he's kept up relations and, and ties. That's also true. That's which also is, true. Which is cool. Yeah. But he doesn't need to go into great detail as to all those different right. things. It's, it's again, right. one of those stories that you leave sort of unfinished and untold. And it, yeah. you leave it open to yeah. our imagination and trust that we're going to yeah. imagine something pretty cool. And, and the only dwarf really involved in this adventure to any like great um, extent is Gimli. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of also uh, is there to sort of back him as like the representative because the fellowship is cool. It's got representatives from every absolutely race and every culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Gimli is going to be the focus for the for the dwarven race. It doesn't matter who these who these guys are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So all right, that's cool. Um, now on to the second week of September. Yeah, is that cool? Um, yeah, let's do it. Gandalf arrives. <sighs> My good friend, the wandering wizard. I love him. Old know? gray beard. Yep. Um, he arrives with his fireworks. I'm just going to read a little quick uh, description of him that I think was yeah. uh, kind of neat. He wore a tall, pointed blue hat, a long gray cloak, and a silver scarf. Because <sighs> uh, well, I was thinking about, there's a lot of color references in here. That he yes. mentions a lot of colors. And there's a lot of imagery that um, that we that we see in this mm-hmm. chapter. And mm-hmm. I think that's really neat. You know, we get the sights, the smells, uh, the sounds, and things mm-hmm. like that. And it's just, it's really awesome. Yeah. Um, he had a long white beard and bushy eyebrows that stuck out beyond the brim of his hat. That paints a different picture in your mind yeah, of maybe what you had, you know, seen in the in the in the film, right? Yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's cool. This guy's a rough, yeah, you know, looking guy. Interesting dude for sure. Um, so, but it's word choice and association that I, that I think are are important here. Um, as he's outside there uh, with his fireworks, you know, there's there's kids running around. They kind of talk about we haven't seen fireworks from Gandalf in over a century. Um, so, you know, only the oldest, uh, yeah, that's right. kind yeah, of really remember. That's true, and can tell those tales about how how uh, how cool that was. Yeah, and um, they use the word that he. They says that he disappeared into Bag End. I love that you found this. This is so cool, right? Isn't that yeah, cool? He yeah. disappeared in there. It wasn't that he just went inside and he hid Walked away. In. Whatever. Right. Yeah, it wasn't. But he disappeared. Yeah. So we have a ring that can make you disappear. Gandalf himself just kind of disappears in the Hobbit several yeah. times. Yeah. And multiple times throughout this chapter, he uses the word uh, "disappeared." Yeah. Or disappears, or yeah. what have you. He's setting up the uh, yeah. The Frodo says it later on when he wants to disappear. You know. Yeah, and right. It's just like uh, it's interesting. Very it's, interesting. It's word, word choice is so important, and it makes you appreciate every line of yeah. this story. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? 
Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Story to kind of see things. That's that's why we want to do a deeper look at this and take it chapter by chapter because then you can get in there and appreciate things like that. And I guess really the story is all about like the disappearance of evil. Uh-huh. Trying to make evil disappear. Wow. I mean, there's all kinds of connections yeah. you can draw, dude. That's <laughs> yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Well done, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, so something I want to talk about real quick in the middle of page 25, uh, there's this, it's relatively short for Tolkien, but something he's known for is his description. So I'm just going to read it. Should I do it in an accent? Yeah, read it. Yeah, read it in the Should accent. I? Let's go. All right. <clears throat> Get in it. Inside Bag End, Bilbo and Gandalf were sitting at the, t- at the open window of a small room looking out west on the, onto the garden. The late afternoon was bright and peaceful. The flowers glowed red and golden. Snapdragons and sunflowers and nasturtians trailing all over the turf walls and peeping in at the round windows. Wow. Just beautiful. Like, beautiful language. Well, so, personification there. Yeah. Peeping in right. through the round windows. Right. Right. Even the flowers are alive in Bag End. Yes, they right? are. I mean, I guess plants are alive anyway. But they're, <laughs> they're guess, like, they've got yes, they characteristics. Are. <laughs> um, so he was like known for uh, like describing stuff sometimes like ad nauseum, just yeah. too much description. But that's one thing I love. I love about Tolkien because those descriptions, they allow you to stay in a place longer. They allow you to feel like you, you've, I don't know, you've, you've been there. Like you really understand uh, mm-hmm. these like places he's created that he's he's and he's, he's pouring that much. This this dude knew what he was doing. He's pouring that much detail into something. I don't know. Like he gets kind of jokey later on. There are some descriptions of like hills and trees that just go on and on. But it's it's almost always with with nature. Uh-huh. Tolkien valued nature. He valued uh, what it did for us. He valued that. Um, you know, it's interconnectedness with us and it's just awesome. It's awesome to hear him describe this stuff. Puts you right in the spot. You can envision it. Yeah. Like you feel like you're in the middle of that garden. Well, I, I think it's significant. It's intentional. I think he picks and chooses, you know, kind of like a director when, the, when they're, um, when you have deleted scenes and things. Yeah. I bet you there were, there were descriptions and stuff that he kind of said, ah, we'll pull some of that out. For sure. And he, he's, he's then using an intentional uh, description of this garden because yeah. Samwise is going to, you know, t- uh, tend it later. Right. And they've tended it for years. And really, it's of, important to them. Yeah. Um, it also is very, it, it contrasts where they go later yep. and the scenery that we see later on. And it makes, it has to be beautiful and it has to be memorable because we will remember and think back on the Shire later. And that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what's the key. reason we're fighting. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, if, they, if they're referring to a really bland place that's not really that attractive to us, you've got to spend a lot of time here to make it uh, a place we want to return to. Totally. And so we're about to go on a really long journey and you got to think back to home. Home is what keeps them going sometimes. Absolutely, dude. So I think it's it's important. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I like that. Um, Another thing uh, as we get into this, you know, Gandalf is he's he's disappearing in there. We've got the description of the gardens around uh, Bag End. Uh, As soon as we get in there and we see the meeting between Gandalf and and Bilbo, Mm -hmm. you can tell that they have been communicating for the past 60 years. Mm -hmm. So. We don't need to know everything that was said, mm-hmm. but basically, you know, uh, Bilbo reveals that he intends to take a holiday yep. and that he's feeling like, uh, you know, he's, he's ready for his party, but boy, he means to, to, to take a holiday. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and Gandalf says, so you mean to go through with it? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you and obviously that right there, that line does enough to, uh, for me to say they've been communicating and talking for years. Yeah. They're, they're good friends. Yep. And, and he's well known at Bag End. Yep. You know, yep. And, and, and very well welcomed. So I thought that was kind of neat. I think that that's important for us to, again, tie back in the Hobbit, make the connection over here um, to um, the Lord of the Rings or the Fellowship yeah. now. Yeah. And um, yeah, and the fact that Gandalf is in the know here, too, is going to help later on when we talk about Frodo and what Frodo yeah. needs to know. Yeah. So Gandalf is sort of the overseer. He's a, he's a bridge, isn't he? he yeah, yeah he's a bridge. He keeps mm-hmm. everything kind of connected. Mm-hmm. He helps this third person omniscient storytelling in a great way, yeah, I think, yeah, totally. Um, so, which is which is cool, yeah. but uh, but not in like. What's interesting is is that uh, Gandalf keeps a lot to himself too, though. Oh yeah, which is kind of cool, yeah. right? You don't always get. I thought that was one of the things with the Hobbit. You got too much of where yeah. he went, what he knows, and what he, all that kind of stuff. He intentionally keeps that from the Hobbits, and 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 just gives it to him little by little as as we go throughout our our journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, he's very uh, yeah very secretive, isn't he? Yeah. 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 So I don't know. Uh, anything else there in that whole idea of, you know, planning the party and Gandalf arriving and, and things like that? No, that was good. Um, I liked how you talked about the grumblings about oh, dealing locally. Yeah, that was great. That was great. <laughs> yeah, how he's so, bringing on, uh, bringing in all the the, the foreign stuff, quote unquote. Right, and then yeah. after that, how he. Well, it's marked by it's it's uh, everything's marked. It says it's coming from Dale. Yeah, and so all which these nice, are, another nice Hobbit reference. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Um, which also tells me that maybe Bilbo. Hasn't quite explored the rest of the Middle Earth. He's just very mm-hmm. much um, knows the Lonely Mountain. Where he's been. Yeah. yeah. The King Under the Hill and things like that. So, or King Under the Mountain. And yeah. uh, so that that was neat. Uh, but there's some grumblings about dealing locally. <laughs> and then the very next line <laughs> yeah. is that then they went and they they kind of uh, bought out all the shops yeah. and stuff with all the, the stores food. were empty. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Right. So whether Bilbo respond, you had brought this up, whether he responded to those grumblings by buying all the foods there yeah. or... Guys, he's just getting a lot of gifts and presents and right. stuff from... Like he always intended to get stuff from... Yes. Yeah, local sources. You're just grumbling because you saw that come in yeah, first. Yeah, and that's, break. that's typical. Building drama. That's what they do best. Yeah. Those hobbits. Well, it's strange. It's strange and they don't quite... Under, what's, that's right. What's going on? That's right. Know? They feel they're offended. Cu- they're they feel cu- offended too, But they're they? also a little curious, you know? They're always oh, like... yeah. They're so interested. They're right, yeah. But yet, yeah. it's strange and queer if they are interested too. Right. Can't be too interested. You can't win. You know? No, you can't. No. <laughs> Damn if you do, um, or if you don't. That's right. That's right. Well, there's another one. Um, lots of imports coming in and lots of invitations going out. Something I didn't mention here mm-hmm. is the um, Hobbiton post and the Bywater post are just overrun. Snowed under, man. Yeah. Yeah. And that there, there's so much. Go, they had to hire, or they had to get a volunteer yeah. to come in there and run some of the. So that's another little cool thing that you learn is like they have a post office. I know. Right? I, know. I mean, I know. it's just, it's cool. I think that later there's mention in Bag End, it's either this chapter or the next, about a clock. Uh-huh. So it's all this weird, like, um, eight, uh, 20th century stuff mixed in with medieval. It's such a cool, That's right. weird. You're right. Yeah. It's a little I different. Love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So I thought that was neat. Um, and people, I thought it was, you know, he's inviting, <laughs> there's even some talk that, you know, he's inviting all these different people, basically the whole Shire. And there, someone mentions that even those who aren't invited are probably yeah, going to show the rest up. Of you are coming anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... All right. Um, now we get into the long expected party. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a a party that has been long coming. Yeah. And uh, so here we are. Um, something cool that you need to know about birthdays and, and parties, and you guys who who had read along with us uh, know this. Hobbits give presents to other people on their mm-hmm. birthdays. Mm-hmm. 
Wouldn't that be great? It's pretty cool. Wouldn't it be great if we did that around here? I think that would be, yeah, way better. Because really, what did you do on your birthday? Well, the odds of me getting a, a gift would definitely go up, right? <laughs> well, that's and that's what they say. They say like everyone, there's so many birthdays in the, the shower, you get a gift to, about once a week. Yeah. Right? And I think too, like, what did you do on the day you were born? I mean, you didn't do any of the work. Your, huh. mo- your mom did. Right. 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 So why do we get presents on our birthday? Yeah. Good exactly. question. Yeah. It's a good question. Right. I, like I think that. the Hobbits got it right. They do. They got yeah. it right. Yeah. It's actually really cool. Oh, uh, what's <laughs> neat is later on they say that Bilbo saved a lot of those because um, there's regifting. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. He actually saved a lot of the gifts that he Some got. Some Seinfeld then, leaks in here. Yeah. You're a regifter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so he actually gives uh, more intricate, you know, better yes. gifts and doesn't thoughtful. just. They're more thoughtful yeah, too. Yeah, doesn't regift like he maybe no, could. That's right. So. What a generous um, man Bilbo is. So Bilbo's gifts are great. Did you catch this part? They're also magical. Yeah. Did you read that line where I was yeah. like, some of the kids got gifts that they that were magical? Yeah. Does that mean they were magical because they were great, or were they actually magical? Yeah, I wonder. Like, right? were they just so different from what they've had that they it was it seemed like magic, right. or did they have magical properties to them, or was it something that was maybe just a, a technology that the that the Shire folk weren't used to? Right. That seemed magical. Right. You know. Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool. Great. I don't know. It was kind of neat that he was giving those out. Yeah. He's giving those out, and then he's he's hightailing it out of here. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, have fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See you later, kids. Um, so yeah, um, the gifts were so great that the kids actually uh, forgot to eat. Come on, now. yeah, for, that's for a right. Hobbit to, to forget, forget to eat, it's got to be a pretty good toy. It's got to be pretty. It's right, pretty good. Because we, you mentioned early on when you were describing hobbits, mm-hmm. that's very important. And um, food, food. They love food. all the different. You know, you yeah. got ales and pipe weed too. But food is right. I mean, how many meals do they have? Oh, wow. Breakfast, second breakfast. Right. Elevensies. Af- yeah. Afternoon tea. Afternoon tea. Luncheon, yeah. dinner, supper. Right. A lot of meals. A lot of meals. Filling so, up the corners. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, so there's all those different types of meals. And actually at this party, I think they said it starts from like Elevensies. They eat all day. Um, on. Yeah. yeah. And so so they started with um, they started with uh, lunch, tea, and then dinner slash mm-hmm. supper. Mm-hmm. So those... Again, more little details. Again, I, I think that's neat that we get those details as, as to what they had, and yep. and we get to kind of hear about this party. Yep. It's just very comforting. It's very. It's a great place to start a story. And like and like you, you know, said too, it it uh, it gives you a, a frame, uh, like a reference. So when you're because I guess reading this, you don't know where this adventure is going to go. You don't know how dark it's going to get. Right. But when it gets really dark, you can remember back to, yeah, this is well, the reason they, we're. We're fr- we're fighting to defend this place. Yeah, when yeah. they when they talk about their you know uh, their pipe weed and they talk about their yeah. uh, the food and things like that, it's a little comic relief later on in dark yeah. times. Yeah, totally. You know, Lambus bread and things. Yeah, that are just kind of right. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought that was really cool. And they make fireworks to be a really big deal. And I think back to uh, maybe during his time, maybe during uh, Tolkien's time, the idea that maybe a fireworks show was a big deal. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was like it, we. They're hard to make or they're really expensive or, or what have you. And it was saved for really special celebrations. Well, for sure. And I guess you like I, we have to look, when did when did fireworks like become available globally? Yeah, I don't like know. They're an to. ancient Chinese thing. Right. Right. But I wonder when, I don't know. But still. Imperialization maybe? I don't know. And I wonder how many, you know, I don't really know um, his culture where he grew up, you know, in Great Britain, like whether they have, like we have 4th of July, you right. know, every every year we're yep. shooting off fireworks. Yep. So I don't know if that's something that they do over there a yep. lot or if it's saved for Special, special occasions. Right. So, interesting. I also thought it was really cool. I'm going to list the names of the fireworks. It's a little bit kind of like <laughs> why, but um, I just think they're cool because this Let's is do something. It. I'll that, give you a sound effect for each one. Okay, here we go. Okay, so types of fireworks we have uh, squibs. Squib! 
<laughs> oh my god. Um, crackers. Bagger wrappers. Sparklers. Torches. Uh, dwarf candles. Um, elf fountains. Goblin barkers. And thunderclaps. I'm. I'm. A, we're gonna have to turn the audio down on that language. Just <laughs> did I get all red? It was great. Oh, you're no. red. You're red the oh, whole time. I'm all red. It's probably uh, like unusable. On you. It's so like unusable audio now. Should we record it again? No, we're not recording. No, it's great actually. Um, but I thought that was neat because you know, in like in Harry Potter, one thing that uh, that um, uh, oh God, I've just flipped her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ranger Rollins. What's her name? J.K. Rowling. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember her name. Um. Uh, so, Switch and flick, folks. Catch it on, Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she she mentioned like those details about like the types of candy mm-hmm. that they have and all that kind of stuff. I I, I thought that was kind of neat. And I, that's honestly, yeah. for her, I think that's a throwback to little things like this that, yep. that he did here, you yep. know? Yeah. Um, those are little tiny details that are kind of cool. Yeah. That stick. That I want I want a dwarf candle and I want elf fountains. I'm going to give you one on markers. my birthday. I'm going to give you one on my birthday. Please do. That's I would so, love yeah. to. Dwarf candle. Yeah. Dwarf so, candle and a. Um, Goblin. I made a little uh, Texas self connection. I loved when I would get together with like my cousins for you know different events and stuff. And we were the family who shot off illegal fireworks. Mm-hmm. Okay, where did you get them from, Ez? I didn't actually get them. My cousins always got them, but they brought them from where? Out of state. From what state? I don't know. Kentucky. West no, B? I probably. Yeah, probably yeah. right. Because those were those were those illegal the in Ohio for a long time. They were remember? illegal. That's right. What a joke. Well, I know, and yeah. uh, it, but it was a big deal that, that we got yeah, them, right? Because right. so you couldn't just like, go to, yeah. We're in some backfield, like, sneaking in some fireworks, you know, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Right. <laughs> uh, but that w- that just kind of brought back this, this excitement, excitement mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. These kids are so excited to see this show, and Gandalf is, is I don't know, they say his fireworks get, like, he gets better at his craft with age. Yeah. I was like, well, that's kind of cool. Pretty cool. He's super old, so. And the, and the dude, the, the smog reference, too. Yeah. With the, with the dragon yep. firework that... Comes back the, over the, the party field. Yeah, and, the, yeah. The, the signal yeah. for supper. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's yep. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, now let's talk a little bit about that. So, we're yeah. at the party. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of things down here about the speech and the joke, but we're going to, you can, yeah, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about that. Okay. Yeah. Before we get to that, um, this party, what's interesting is the significance of uh, gross, and it's not typically associated with people. So, gross would represent like, um, excuse me, 12 dozen. Or 144, and that's how many people were selected to go to like a separate under the pavilion um, supper with Bilbo to listen to his speech. There was still a party going on out and around that, Mm -hmm. um, which I thought was really, really cool, right? Yeah. Um, So there's a lot of different people there. And um, yeah, there's dancing, singing, and, and what have you. But when they get to supper, a special number that 144, a gross, shows up under the pavilion. And you have, again, that's a combination of um, you know, Frodo's age and um, Bilbo's age. That's so right. I thought that was really cool. Um, so family members, um, well, you probably know these by heart, don't you? What were some of the... Oh, man, I do, but like on the sp- when you put me on the spot like that with know, those accents the- too, I just, I kind of buckle under the pressure of this microphone. I'll read it to you though. Okay. Uh, he says, my dear Bagginses and Boffins, uh, my dear Tooks and Brandy Bucks, Grubs, Chubs, Burroughses, Horn blowers uh-huh. and bulgers, brace girdles, good bodies, rock houses, and proud foots. Mm-hmm. No, proud feet. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Which is shouted by an elderly proud foot. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So those are the families that are present there. Right. Um. 
and some of them they're all like dis they're either closely related or distantly mm-hmm. related mm-hmm. to um to bilbo i thought i thought that was that was pretty neat it's so also his family yeah it's yeah. also funny too how he <laughs> like makes a special greeting to the sackville bagginses i know he's such an a-hole dude. i know it's great i love that about he's a smart ass <laughs> is really what he is well he says, i mean they deserve it so they're just they do I don't know. they do but he's has, yeah, it's great. He he's not he's not afraid to to throw a barb. I love it. He says, right. "Also, my good Sackville Baggins is that I welcome back at last to Bag End." Oh, ouch! That you're never gonna get. Yeah, back at last. That's right. <laughs> today is my 111th birthday. I am 111 today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. I love that. Yeah, and and he goes on here. I think it's interesting again where you can kind of say that he might be a bit of an a hole. Yeah, um, dude. You know where he says, I don't know half of you half as well as I should like, and I like less than half of you half as well as you deserve. <laughs> Which, what does that mean? <laughs> They're still it's, trying it's like, to figure that out. They dude. are. They're st- well, that's the thing, yeah. is that it's supposed to be this compliment, right. or is it a compliment, and right. you just quite can't understand it. It's very complicated, and that in itself is an insult. And, and you know? we forgot to mention, too, that Bilbo loves riddles. Yes. It's actually how he acquired the ring. Good point. Very and good point. so this is a bit of a riddle. We're not sure. Is it a comp? And the, and the hobbits are sitting there like, what was was that a compliment? Right. Mm-hmm. Did you just insult us? They don't know what to do. Right. They don't know if they should clap or cheer or, or jeer. Like they don't know what they're supposed to do. Right. So it's just another throwback to him being fond of of riddles and and brain teasers and stuff like that. So right. Yeah. Right. Um, we're going to do a little bit more reading here, and then we're going to talk about something that uh, really cool that uh, that Gandalf does here at the end of this. And the significance sort of behind it. Um, uh, so thirdly and finally, he said, I wish to make an announcement. He spoke this last word so loudly and suddenly that everyone set up who still could. I regret to announce that, though, as I said, 111 years is far too short a time to spend among you. This is the end. I am going. I am leaving now. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> three times. He says right? goodbye three times. I know. <laughs> I'm like, leaving. I'm going now. Right. Goodbye. Oh, man. He steps down off the chair and he vanishes. Yeah. You know, he's gone. But when he vanishes, it's not what we're used to in... In the films. In the films or in The The Hobbit. So, Uh which is interesting. They they kind of describe how he would vanish. Mm -hmm. And this, we we add a nice white, bright light, which is provided by... Blinding. Yeah, blinding blinding light. light. Right. Uh, By Gandalf. Yeah. So... Now, why, Lane? What? Why is he adding that in there? Because later on, Bilbo's like trying to spoil my joke. That's know? right. Well, well, dude, you put it perfectly. Did I? Y- yes, you did. I don't remember. So I, let me well, tell. What, you said, <laughs> what you said is, um, it's to kind of to throw anyone off the the the, the trail. So if anyone's yeah. kind of sniffing around and thinking uh, this Bilbo guy is kind of interesting. Right. If there's any dark servant there, I mean, because there could be, there could be a dark servant there. You don't know. Stranger from Michael Delving. That's right. Yeah. Who thinks, ah, the one ring's lost. That's a characteristic, the one ring, to put it on and disappear. Huh. It's to throw him off a little bit. It's to show that, yeah. you know, maybe Bilbo disappearing, it was all that Gandalf's fault. Right. Like we knew it was up to no, no good. Maybe that was Gandalf killing Bilbo. Maybe it had huh. nothing to do with Bilbo. So it puts the emphasis back on Gandalf instead of it on Bilbo and possibly Bilbo having. The possession of right. something. So he's protecting Bilbo. He is protecting Bilbo. I mean, which he, he always does. Right. right. And he knows hobbits. He knows them yep. better than they know themselves, which yes, is what does. he says in The Hobbit. Yes, he does. And he knows their histories. He knows that they're going to gossip about this little event. And he was he knew that he had to make sure 
because there'll be some truth in what and all eventually yeah. you know telephone things get kind of uh, you know like there's multiple rumors and things going on but there'll be some truth there for, for people to find right. later right so he's got to make this even more he's got to build a legend doesn't he yeah, yeah. And, and there's just there was this flash of light and stuff and make it seem more like a trick it's awesome so I think it's it's important that he does that. Yeah, the foresight of Gandalf, man. Like uh, he knew what he was doing. I mean, maybe then that rumor does not reach the ears of the enemy uh, as soon as maybe it would have. Yes. Perhaps. I don't know. Yes. I'm just saying maybe maybe that's why they have to resort to getting... Go- well, wasn't going to mention his name. Oh, well. No. Go, go no. <laughs> He's there. Uh, but anyways, you know, so I told you I wouldn't be able to like not go <laughs> make the connections. Uh, but I thought that was interesting, and, and it's it just shows how much he cares, and, and we're going to see that here just a little bit with Frodo and yeah. Bilbo and him kind of taking charge here and saying, I don't know what the heck's going on yet, right. but something has sort of been disturbing me for years, and i gotta, I got to figure this out. Yeah. And actually, it really doesn't come to a head here until right after this moment right? when they go back up to Bag End. He goes back, and Bilbo has this cool little montage. He, he goes and he gets his gear for... He's back in Bag End, right? And he's getting his gear to set out on his adventure. And and Gandalf kind of catches him. They have have a conversation, and it it gets pretty heated. Uh-huh. It gets pretty heated pretty fast. As you have some stuff that you want to read from this. Um. Well, let's see here. Uh. Basically, from what I remember, um, I have to, I have to find it really quick here. But it's uh, it's the idea. It's it's all about whether we're going to leave that ring or if we're going to yeah. take the ring. Yeah. And so before we we go to specifics about what's uh, what's said between the two, this is kind of like this would be I think if you're a diehard Bilbo fan, this would be really hard. This next scene is really hard. Yeah, because really what you're doing is you're showing how your beloved character from the first from The Hobbit and the adventure in The Hobbit is deteriorating. Yeah, like he, he is not the same hero that you much like hey like in to to use something relevant the last jedi uh-huh. right we come yeah, back sure. to luke and we find that luke is not the hero we left right bilbo is not the hero that we left like he is he's he's being like eaten away on the inside and so it really comes out here and, and, and we see it like in his interactions with gandalf go ahead man right yeah so um you know bilbo is saying in an envelope if you must know talking about where the ring is yeah um bilbo said impatiently there on the mantelpiece yeah oh no here it is in my pocket. So given Ganoff attitude and then yeah. realizing he's not even telling the truth. Yeah. And then he hesitates. He goes, isn't that odd now? Yeah. So even he quite doesn't grasp what's Who happening. has control over Bilbo? Exactly. That's the question. Yep. It seems like there's a struggle for, for control who? of will yeah. here. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Uh, which is interesting. So uh, Gandalf looked again very hard at Bilbo and there was a gleam in his eyes. I think Bilbo, he said quietly, I should the um I should leave it behind. Uh don't you want to? He said quietly. Yeah, anyways. He's he's basically saying that um he wants Bilbo to leave that ring behind. And and it, right. isn't that a good idea, right? Um and Bilbo says, Well, yes and no. Now it comes to it, I don't like parting with it at all, I may say. And I don't really see why I should. Why do you want me to? he asked. And his tone starts to really Curious change. Curious change came. I was. I had the yeah. underline. I wanted to read. Oh, that did too. you? Go ahead. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. No, just the the point that says a curious change came over his voice, like yep. it was sharp with suspicion and annoyance. Like this is something you never see him talk to Gandalf this way. Mm-mm. This is like a, a huge shift in character. He is seriously disturbed at the thought of leaving this ring behind, and he's pinning it all on Gandalf. 
Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like, dude, like uh, this, if I'm angry, if he eventually goes on to say, if I'm angry, it's your fault. Uh-huh. It's like a, it's almost like a teenager rebelling against his, his father or yeah. mother. Right? right. It's like, you know, I'm acting weird, but it's because of you. Yeah. And so it, and it's very uncomfortable because we haven't seen him do this before. And it's, and we're starting to see, we don't know exactly why yet, but we know we're starting to get the, the inclination this ring is not a good thing. Right, exactly. And actually not something good. that might that, that, that I don't want to get missed here is the allusion, alluding back to the Battle of the Five Armies when Gandalf um, confronts him about yeah, this ring. Right. And he, he basically says, you know, um, you know how you, uh, what's he say here, how he badgered him you know, back on the journey about the ring. Yeah. And he's like, now you're still badgering me here. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and Gandalf says, it's important to get to the truth of this, you know, because yeah. he wasn't telling the truth back right, in, right. in the Hobbit about this, which was very uncharacteristic. Even then. Yeah. It's yeah. a very un, you know, unbiblical like yeah. thing to do. So I love um, too how he says, you know, uh, like if he wouldn't have taken it, Gollum would have killed him. And he said, this is just hilarious because it's a little bit of humor that is thrown in here. He says, I'm not a thief, whatever he said talking about Gollum calling uh-huh. him a thief. Yeah. And Gandalf says, I've never called you one. Right? I've never <laughs> called you a thief. Maybe a burglar. Right. But never a thief. Right. Yes. It's funny. And so it's it's funny to, it's funny in a serious at it in that moment. context. Right. But it's also Gandalf reassuring him like he's he's saying like, dude, I I I don't think you stole it from Gollum. I'm not saying you're a thief. But what he's saying is is that you need to be rid of it now. Like that's mm-hmm. it I don't care how you can buy it and I don't think you did it with bad intentions but it the ring is should not be yours any longer yeah it get dude it gets deep right here it does it does because and then dark right bilbo basically now then then kind of realizes you know he goes i'm sorry um i felt so queer and yet it would be a relief in a way not to be both not to be bothered um with it anymore um it has been so growing on my mind lately sometimes i have there felt yeah sometimes i yeah. felt like it was an eye looking at me yeah. and this is where we have to kind of stop and, and, and talk a little bit more about uh, we had a discussion Lane and I did before we started this podcast about yes Bilbo has um, this this itch that he needs to scratch which is to go out into the wild again to see the mountains mm-hmm. um, and to see the elves and dwarves and just to go on an adventure take a holiday mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so that's already there but I believe, and this is just sort of what I'm taking from uh, what I'm reading, is that the ring, being it being its own character, is sort of uh, stoking that fire or that urge to want to go on this journey. And dude, this is cool how we saw it. We saw the same thing, but we saw it. So when I talked about before how you see the scope, you see the you know the, the breadth of of the situation and I like I go in and I pick up like I find minutiae. Yeah. Just like that's where my mind goes, that's where your mind goes. So you right. saw the whole like desire for him to go on this adventure again possibly being the ring's manipulation of him Uh for the ring to be found again right Right. it's more likely going to be found him out wandering in the in the woods in the forests than Mm -hmm. it is if he just or or the mountains you know misty mountains all that stuff than if he just stays in bag end in the shire right and and then he later says you know i tried to lock it up in a box yeah it was it was driving me crazy but it drove me even crazier when it was in the box. Yeah. Uh-huh. I couldn't leave it locked up. It drove me so mad that I had to take it out and put it in my pocket. Right. So is that Bilbo's obsession or is that the ring's manipulation of his mind to, hey, because like it's even less likely to be found in a box. Right. So, hey, take me out of the box. 
make yourself feel better. Put me in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Yep. And maybe eventually there'll be a hole that wears away in that pocket. Yep. Or you'll fall down and I'll roll out <clears throat> and I'll yep. be one step closer to being found. Yeah. It's waiting for that opportunity. Right. Uh, to uh, like it did um, with a seal door. Yes. And to betray in yes. a sense. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I jumped right. No, that's <laughs> right. Uh, but I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's jumping back, actually. So jumping no back. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So. Um, and, and so this is interesting. Uh, and it kind of establishes the ring as a character. Yes. I think before it was just this little treasure that we found, this little token that he won from Gollum. Right. And it shows that this is something that is alive and has intentions yeah. and is uh, tied to someone much darker. You know what I don't know? And I, and, and someone who's listening who's a you know an, an Uber fan will probably know this. You can leave it in the comments. Is did did Tolkien did he know that uh, when, when he when he was writing The Hobbit? Yeah. Well, no. Okay. Uh, the, See how what I've heard. Th- yeah. What I've heard is he actually so uh, the original um, version of The Hobbit, the the riddles in the dark chapter was much different. Okay. He uh, it was much more lighthearted. It wasn't as he. It, I think he changed Gollum much uh-huh. more. So Gollum was more like you know he lost it and it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, after he wrote the Fellowship, or after he wrote the Lord of the Rings, he went back and rewrote that chapter, Riddles in the Dark. Okay. And he made it a much bigger deal when when Gollum lost the ring. He said, you know, like, I think he threatens to eat Bilbo. Uh-huh. He says, I'm yeah. going to eat you. Mm-hmm. You know, give me my ring back. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so he went. He made it much more menacing and sort of put that threat in. Because I he didn't necessarily know, yeah, where he was going in The Hobbit. And I'm sure there's more to it than that. But but he did sure. go back and re- restructure Riddles in the Dark and, and put more emphasis on on the ring being a negative influence. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is yeah. that is that you know because it, it disturbs uh, Gandalf in a way that's like it's like right there, right. Uh, right here. This this it harkens back to that. Yeah. Um, when he's talking about how much he bothered him on the journey. Yeah. About this simple ring, right. this magical ring. It's a, right. So did he? I, well, the thing was, did he see that far ahead? Right. And say this was yeah. going to be the Good one question. ring. It's Good like question. wow. If he did, amazing. Even if yeah. he came up with that idea later to go back and only change a couple things. Mm-hmm. If he had to do that mm-hmm. to make this work, it's still brilliant. Pretty it's amazing. brilliant. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it is. So anyways, you know, uh, eventually Gandalf is able to convince him to, okay, actually, um, he, he's able to get him to say, yeah, it's fine. You're right. The ring should go to Frodo. And um, he's like, great call, Gandalf. Yeah. Starts walking towards the door. <laughs> you still got the ring in your pocket, right? Said the wizard. <laughs> I, nice try. I mean, it was, but you know, I mean, but again, maybe in his mind of like, like in yeah, one part of his mind, he, he is right. like, again, he is, uh, is being manipulated, and, and he's, yeah, he is. you know, like he, he'll eventually after that part, he goes to put the ring on the mantelpiece along with his will and everything, right. and when he does that, it falls. Yeah, and he has to go pick it up, and that's when Gandalf snatches it. And puts it up on the mantelpiece. Right. And he gets this nasty look comes over his face. And then it quickly is relieved. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. And it, I, dude, it's cool. We have to talk about Gollum a little bit. That's fine. Because that shows like that instant nastiness and then that, that relief that comes after the, it's like, it's like the whole Smeagol Gollum thing or, or Gollum Smeagol. Uh-huh. You, you're, you're almost in almost like a Jekyll Hyde type uh, persona. Right. Where you have a, a, a real the, the duality of man. Yeah. You've got a good side. You've got a bad side. Right. And the ring tries to manipulate that and bring out that dark side he, as much as it can. That's right, yeah. dude. It yeah. does. I mean, and really, what it does is it, it, what the ring is trying to do also is threaten his relationship with Gandalf. 
Yeah. And I think also maybe the ring might be trying to get into Gandalf's hands. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Because if mean, Gandalf were a weaker wizard, right. uh, absolutely. like someone else we might meet eventually. That's right. What That that would be a safer place for him to have for, for the ring to be than and with Bilbo. But House, you know, yeah. And I think it's, is it with the conversation? Does he, is this a movieism or in the, with Frodo, does he talk about how he doesn't want the, like, don't give it to me, the ring? Yeah, yeah, Does I think that happen happens in the book? Uh, Shadow of the Past, maybe coming up. Here. Oh, yeah, oopsie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. oopsie. Yep. But it's interesting in the movie, right. Gandalf won't Next chapter. touch it. He never touches it. That's right. Here we see he that picks, he snatches it's it. It's in up. an envelope, you know. Right. And but so. he goes, he re- bends to so if you're you're in this part in the movie, mm-hmm. he's reaching down to pick it up and that eye flashes. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't actually physically touch the right. ring. That's right. Which is a cool uh cinematic way to show the importance Gandalf puts on Right. Yeah, on actually yep. being in possession of the ring. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. Wow. So, wow, dude. Yeah. So much there. So, so, and we're not even. It's what's what's great about this chapter is so much happens there in those conversations, right? Yeah. Um. And we're just now at the part where the road goes ever on. <laughs> That's right, man. You know, and we get a little happy moment here where where Bilbo is. We do. Kind of like ready to go on his his holiday. Yeah. And he's going in the best way possible. Yeah. Um. Old age will catch up with him, but but the but the ring is gone, and it's it's not that that burden is is gone. Yeah, he's a ring bearer, right? And so, man, I got like chills just like yeah. saying that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but like you know, he then he goes on his his little adventure, yep. and ah, it's just so great. And he's singing a song as he goes, and yep. it's uh, he just kind of disappears. It's a beautiful the disappearance. They talk about that, uh-huh. and the dwarves go with him. They do. Yeah, the three dwarves accompany him, which they is cool. Do. Um, and then so from there, you know, we're still the the second part to this last fourth poor is poor Frodo, poor Frodo cleaning up the mess, yeah. right, and and having to clean this whole thing up. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, this Lane really likes this part. It's it. Frodo passing out Bilbo's gifts. Oh, the gifts are hilarious, right? Just more of his humor and his uh, his like double meanings and what he does, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, he leaves Frodo to pass these out, which I'm sure would even make would make the recipients even more frustrated, which is probably partially why he did it as well. Had mm-hmm. Frodo hand them out. So you want me to read these? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead and read. These. Actually, before uh, just real quick, yeah, yeah. Because I don't want somebody Jump to say that we missed something. We don't want to miss um, anything. Frodo comes in right after that. Yes, where, where Bilbo leaves, and I, right. I kind of uh, forgot that part or whatever. And, and he, he has, he has the famous line. The- he has to clean up the mess at the party too first. Remember that he's got to finish up all the tie up all the loose ends with the yeah. party and. But he's ready to move. Frodo. He's man. ready to move on. He orders like more wine for people and yeah. And, and he's like, I'm all. going back. And he and right. he he also knew about uh, Bilbo's trick. He did. So in the in the movies, that's something that's different. He's kind of surprised when he disappears, but in in the he's enjoying it. He's yeah. enjoying seeing the expressions. Yeah, on. he sees. He's like, this is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. I'm glad I knew about. Oh, this. it's something interesting when that trick happens is that some of the tooks were. I mean, most uh-huh. were, but there were some. It makes a reference that some weren't, weren't all that taken aback by it. Right. Thought it was interesting, right? right? Typical. Um, so, anyways, the the line that I love is is when Gandalf is talking about how the ring should go to Frodo, and um, so Gandalf warns him. He said, "I should not make use of it if I were you, but keep it secret and keep it safe." Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And so that's the kind of the, the cool piece. And then we get uh, into this piece that we're talking about now, which is Frodo going back uh, to pass out Bilbo's gifts. He's kind of yeah, he's kind of going through bag and this is the next day, isn't it? It is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's he's distributing these gifts that uh, Bilbo instructed him to give out. So Dora Baggins, he uh, he gives her a a wastebasket because she wrote undesirable 
letters full of advice, un- unwanted advice. <laughs> for years. For years. Yeah. And so he gives her a wastebasket. I'd love to have seen the expression on her face. Right. Uh, Milo Burroughs, mm-hmm. who never responded to letters. He was given a gold pen and an ink bottle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Hugo Bracegirdle, uh, he gave him an empty bookshelf because he was always latent in returning his books that were given to him to borrow. Never, never actually returned them. So not latent, just never giving them back. Uh-huh. And then Lobelia Sackville Baggins. Yeah. He saved the best for last. Yeah. And gave her some silver spoons. Right. Which he caught her trying to make off with once. And, from back in. And she figures out right away. You oh, know, she's what like, the, she's the so disgusted. Here. Yeah. It's like one final spit in the face. Spit in. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Spit in her face. It absolutely <laughs> is. Um, yeah. and, and then so the rest of this, not that it's insignificant, but basically is uh, Frodo and Mary. Um, Kind of, you know, they clean. They're cleaning up the party, and then they're they're just keeping people um, out of Bag End. Like they'll turn their back, and one second another, a couple little hobbits will slip in there, and they're pounding on one of the, um, you know, the, the walls, trying. Yeah. To, they heard an echo, and they're trying yeah, to find like find the tunnels, you know, of gold. tunnel some some gold or whatever. And you mentioned like the curse of gold that has yeah. kind of come over, maybe in a sense the because again, it was uh, something that 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 affected um, the dwarves of of the of the Lonely Mountain, mm-hmm. right, and how. Mm-hmm that can kind of poison your mind. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that it's sitting up there on the hill um, causes people to gossip and rumor about it, but then mm-hmm. maybe do an un-Hobbit-like thing, which is to sneak into somebody's house, going around the, the rooms and try to find all this treasure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it was very un... Uh, just didn't seem like a very polite thing to do. No. And I thought it was they were a little bit consumed by that. Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Which is, again, something that good Hobbits shouldn't do, but they're yeah. doing Right, right. The right. obsession over it. As let's, uh, dude, I gotta take a break real quick. Okay. What do you think? I, I, I mean, from the from the story, I, I think we should make a. I think we should <laughs> oh make my. a Lord of the Rings podcast. Yeah, I think that's something we should get into. Um, yeah, dude, let's do it. Yeah, I can't. I can't we've got, you know what though? We've got to get the name. We've got to get the uh-huh. name just right. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. You want to brainstorm a little bit? What do yeah, you think? I mean, if I were to brainstorm a name, yeah, uh, Middle Earth Malarkey is that? That's pretty good. It's a pretty good name. Uh, Crick Hollow Cottage. I like Crick Hollow. It's the alliteration. Yep, okay. I like it. All right, um, right. Freebeard. Oh, <laughs> that would look great as a podcast title. <laughs> what about Queer Lodgings? Definitely like Queer Lodgings. Yeah. Actually, that's one of my that's one of my more favorites. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're getting close. We're getting close. We'll get we'll, there. Maybe we'll get one of there. these days we'll start a Lord of the Rings podcast. Yeah, maybe one day we'll we'll start one. Yeah. I thought it was interesting how um, uh-huh. how Frodo was like. <laughs> so as he's as he's you know, handing these gifts out and as he's catching hobbits, right. knocking on his walls, he's fidgeting in his pocket. Absolutely. Already. Already fidgeting with his pocket. Again, it's demonstrating the power of the ring, the control it has over uh, whoever possesses it or it possesses. Right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's see. Does he talk about when Gandalf leaves? Yeah, we need to talk about when, when he leaves here, but because um, he kind of... He stayed the night, right? Um, he hung out, yeah. Yeah, so he hung out there. Uh, they both found it interesting. They, they talk about how uh, Bilbo altered his truth about finding the ring. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, that was un, um, because yeah. Gandalf is kind of telling him, you know, the ring is yours and, and, and giving him guidance on how not to use it and things like that. Yeah. And he basically wants to see how much Frodo knows. And right. Frodo kind of reveals, he's like, and Gandalf's like, do you know the true story? 
Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, not the story in the books or the story that he told to the you dwarves, know, the, the dwarves yeah. right? Yeah. Um, he goes, I know the true story because yeah. you know Bilbo said there should be no secrets between us. Gandalf right. knows it, so what's it matter? I need to tell my my heir yeah. uh, and, and closest um, relative, right? Very interesting. And Frodo thought that was interesting that very he would uh, distort the truth. It's very unlike he, Bilbo. Yeah, that's right. And that he uses the term uh, present. Yes. And that yes. Gollum also used the term present right to describe the ring very interesting right uh-huh um so and you know frodo says you know i don't understand and 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 uh, gandalf says neither do i i have merely begun to wonder about the ring especially since last night which is the which is mm-hmm. seeing again bilbo in the, in a very uncharacteristic state like just the way he was acting and and snapping back and yeah. but then being remorseful and like ah oh, Again, if you're a good friend, I've always trusted you and right. stuff, you know, so right. hot and cold. Yeah. The two parts um, of Bilbo. So he says, that, you know, at least yeah. I beg you not to use it in any way that will cause talk or rouse yeah. suspicion. Yeah. Um, I say again, keep it safe and keep it secret. secret. So. And don't we love how he says when he leaves, expect me when you see me. Oh, my God. Gandalf, see, Gandalf likes riddles, too. Uh-huh. And he also knows how I think he he doesn't shy away from how mysterious he is. Yeah. You know, he knows he comes and goes. He knows he's he's a free spirit, dude. Like try to keep an appointment with Gandalf. Good yeah. luck. Right. He has no planner. He's not sitting down, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pencil you in for a nine AM. Yeah. No. No. Gandalf's like, You'll you'll see me when you see me. But that's really neat, I think, is that as things arise, he responds. And as yeah. it's it's almost like this idea that the future and things are ever in motion, right? Yeah. And so you're always kind of this way and that way. And a wizard is never late. Right. Nor is he early. Mm-hmm. He writes precisely when he means to. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and at the end here, he says, "You know, look out for me, especially at unlikely times." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just thought it so, fits in. It's so funny. It, it's what's so cool. Uh, and, and one of the things that they did in the Hobbit with uh, with an unexpected party, and what they do here with the long expected party, uh-huh. is the idea. There's a lot of different words, even if it doesn't say expected and unexpected. It says, you know, at unlikely times. Yeah. You know, or expect me when you see me. He played with words so well. Like he was such a little wordsmith, dude. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we have a couple cool connections to it's interesting to think about the ring as a birthday present. Right. So uh, Smeagol Gollum, when he possesses or when he comes in possession of the ring, he took the ring on his birthday. Yeah. But Bilbo gave it up on his birthday, Mm -hmm. which also kind of follows the custom of giving gifts on your birthday as a hobbit. So that's something that Smeagol broke. Because he was also a hobbit-like creature, he broke that custom and took it and was overcome with greed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bilbo was was feeling thin and stretched and not himself and eaten away on the inside. And even despite all that, I mean, it, it obviously took Gandalf's help as well, for sure. Yeah. But he was able to overcome that and he gave it up. And I think that's important too because later on, you know, there's more comparisons drawn between Bilbo and, and Smeagol or Gollum. Mm-hmm. And it's important. I, I think that's that's a pivotal moment that might get overlooked. That that really shows that they are different. Mm-hmm. They're very different. And that even, you know, just because you're from the same group of people, and even though hobbits are, you know, like you brought up, hobbits are very resistant to the power of the ring. Yeah. But even within that race, there are individuals who are not. Right. And individuals who are exceptional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool little thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. Absolutely. The opening pages of this, obviously, excellently crafted with suspense and drama. They suck you in, dude. That's right. why we talked about it for, what is this, three hours now we're going on? I feel like Podcasting. It, yeah. I mean, like. It, I can't stop. You, dude, I'm you sorry. can't. You get, this first chapter is beautiful. It's why, 
like this part of the films is my favorite. Yeah. It just, there's so much buildup. It's and mystery and intrigue and you want to learn more. Uh, it's great. Um, I think the film does a really good job of tying in like a lot of uh, exact lines mm-hmm. from this part of the book and also um, capturing like the mood mm-hmm. and the spirit of this first part of the of it the does book. and it awesome. changes a couple of things but not to the point where it's really distorted anything no, at all and it doesn't so, take you out of it doesn't jolt you out of the story yeah. at all because yeah. this is yeah. an important part that they just you know Very. that they could not leave out so Very. you know yeah. Um, yeah yeah so yeah awesome is that the end of chapter one that is the end of chapter holy one, cow yeah. wow that was that was epic i love wow. i it's, it honestly will go down as one of my because I I've I've been reading way ahead and again this is a, a reread but as I go back through this so far Dude. I this is like my favorite chapter man I just I was I gonna ask it. where this ranks this I, is up there we're gonna have to I do a ranking at some point I know I think it's mine too yeah. like you could spend forever on this yeah. dude here again you're that far ahead scope and yeah I, it took me forever <laughs> to get through, to get through this yeah. minutia yeah um. All yeah, right. that was awesome. Cool. I probably won't do any more English accents on the spot unless. Uh, let us know what you thought. Of, let you know. Let us know what you thought. Of Lane's accent. Yeah, we can, that was. We, it's usually pretty good, though, isn't it? it that normally, was bad. It normally, is pretty good. Normally good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. No, it's fine. Yeah. Um, we're gonna jump into what we call like our our bywater post, yeah. and so if you have something that you want to, if you have questions, uh, if we want us just to answer a few of those, or if you want to share, um, your story your uh your Tolkien story your middle of the story how you got into it uh please you know either private message us on on facebook or um at up talking tolkien uh or you can send us an email at an unexpected pod at gmail.com and we're going to read those so yeah. this is just a place where we kind of talk about um you guys a little bit and how you're influencing the show and 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 your questions there also will be things that when we get into chapter two, we'll talk about it. We're also going to do a recap in the next episode of epi- of uh, chapter one. Mm-hmm. So when we do that recap, if there are things that you guys uh, notice or you thought we should have spent more time on or got wrong or uh, an interesting connection, we want you to leave that in our thread on Facebook. Yep. Let us know. And we will definitely go back and make sure we reference you and throw your thoughts out there because it's, again, about building that community and and sharing in this experience yeah right and that recap will only be about uh three hours it'll be three it'll hour be recap. condensed from this <laughs> so but we want to thank you guys uh in just wow like our, our first so at this time we've been like a couple weeks old but our first uh many meetings just came out a couple days ago right and um from when we're recording this and already we've had tons of positive uh comments People reaching out to us, telling us they liked the first episode. They can't wait for the reread. Right. Uh, so we want to thank you all for all of your positive support. Um, but not only not only thinking it and feeling it, but sharing it with us too. That that makes us feel uh, just fantastic. We've mm-hmm. got a few. You want me to go ahead and read these reviews? Yeah, read as, yeah. So we've got a couple of reviews um, that we want to shout out uh, from iTunes, and then also just comments people have left us that we wanted to share, and we want to. Uh, thank you for sharing your voice with us. So we have a uh, 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 three reviews on iTunes. I'm just going to read one of them. Uh, it's uh, titled "An Unexpected Joy." Ez and Lane have excellent chemistry and a passion for all things Tolkien. Can't wait for more episodes diving deeper into Middle Earth, a podcast I didn't know I needed in my life that has brought unexpected joy. Same, same here. Yeah, a me podcast too. Podcast that I didn't know that me I needed in my life too. But I am so glad that it's happening that we're doing. You it. had me at hello, baby. Along for the ride. Oh, I mean, that was the on. whole idea behind an unexpected podcast. Yeah. Unexpected but necessary. That's right. Okay. Look for me when 
you least expect. It. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, so we also have some comments from Facebook. Uh, Megan Petras said she was listening now. We said, you know, thank you. She said, I've always loved Lord of the Rings. Uh, sorry, and loved. Wow. Maybe. I've always enjoyed Lord of the Rings, but this is a reason to start reading. Thanks for making it. And she put a little heart there. So thank you. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, for Megan. That. That's I awesome. really appreciate that. And That's it's, awesome. it's, it's, well, here's something. You know, we had talked about we want wanting people to enjoy um, or getting people back into just reading it. Yeah. That's great to see that we have people already who just want to read it with us. Yeah. It's great. Get that book read, baby. It's amazing. So I have a, I have a buddy, Kawhi Moku. He left, um, he left a little comment for us. He actually texted me this message. It was really great. He said, hey, man, just want to let you know that your podcast is amazing. Well, he said it, not Easy us. Easy enough. You and Ezra have such passion when you speak. Once I started the podcast, I was so engaged that I couldn't turn it off. Wow. I'll be honest. I haven't read many, I haven't read any of the books or watched any of the movies, but I'm looking forward to listening to you two in the fortnight to come. So Kawhi, thank you for that. I actually call him Moku all the time. Moku, thank you for that amazing comment. That makes us feel good. And we're excited that you are ready to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My question is, okay. he didn't turn it off, but did he turn it down? Oh, well, there weren't any sound effects in that first one. <laughs> okay, well, I just, okay, good call. Yeah, I got you. Um, then we've got some more comments uh, on Facebook, really nice stuff. Uh, Jessica Baziuk, I hope I pronounced your last name correctly. I'm going to call you Jessica B, Jesse B. Wow. Uh, woohoo, I'm there, she said. Hannah Taylor, following you now. Oh, my God, those are two uh, really cool swishers. I just thought, there I just, you go. I just, in my head, I I were I talked with them in uh, Swish and Flick group and perfect, cool peeps. Coming from Swish and Flick, so they hopped on the Hogwarts Express and got off at the Shire. I I guess yeah. Is it's, that the train? Uh, that is <laughs> good job. Good, okay. <laughs> are you uh, are you starting with the Hobbit or the Fellowship? Sorry, we didn't reply. Uh, we're we're obviously starting with the Fellowship. Right. Um, um, and then Emily Rose Varno said, "We'll definitely be listening to this. I've never read Lord of the Rings, but I uh, have it and have wanted to for some time." Mm-hmm. And she said, "I'm so excited." Exclamation point, exclamation point. Sweet. Also, uh, Nicole Whitaker uh, listening now and excited to follow along, read with you guys. Let's do this. Thanks for doing it. Thank you for the comment. Thank you for hitting us up and liking us on Facebook. It really does help. And it means a lot. And it's nice to know that people want to listen we and want to do the reread with yes. us. And we want to hear cool. we want to hear feedback, too. Yeah. So, like, tell us things you liked, things you didn't like, accents you liked, accents you think we should right. drop, okay. sound effects that are good, ramblings that we should <laughs> cut back a little bit. There's one more too. Uh, Quad Girl 06 uh, gave us five stars on iTunes for a rating. That was wonderful. Thank you so much. It's been many years since I've read Tolkien's works. Ellipses. Let's do this. Let's go. So people are excited. Um, and we are too. Yep. Like, uh, I don't know what else to say. No, that's all there is to it, man. That's, that's great. I think the Buy Water Post is good. And yes. uh, we want that to turn into more of... That was just the initial comments that we had. It's all we really had. Yeah. We would love for that to yeah. be more about you guys send us your story. Tell us how you got into this. Yeah. Tell us how you got into reading. If this yeah. is your first time ever being in it, then just let's talk about that. Let's talk yeah. about your excitement uh, being in Middle Earth and maybe, you know, where, where you want to go. Yeah. So, Lane's making faces at me. Oh, <laughs> come on, dude. Selling me out. Okay, let's move on. Let's do strawberries with cream. Yeah. Okay, this is kind of like a little segment we're going to talk about. We'll develop this more. Yeah, uh, it's quick. But it's just, yeah, quick little stuff that... Uh, we wish for from Middle Earth. It can be comical, unrealistic, or it can be very realistic. Okay. So we kind of have a theme: dreamcasts for the show, the upcoming show. Yes. 
All right. Oh, dude, this is clear that we're like in love with Star Wars. Star Wars. Is it Go yeah, ahead and give yours, bro. I'm sorry. Yours. I saw yours. I, okay, Daisy Ridley as like any. She would be an awesome elf. Awesome elf. Any type of elf. She'd be a great elf. She'd be so cool. She already Let's, swings that lightsaber around and she kind of got the accent down. I think right. she's American, isn't she? No. Yeah, I know. Okay. I was just like, <laughs> okay, okay. She's actually, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, uh, Ridley Scott's daughter. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, she is. Okay. So her as an elf, <laughs> who would you have as a quote-unquote old queen, you said here? Oh, yeah, uh, Maggie Smith. Just uh, She is an old queen. Yeah, she's yeah. great. She'd yeah. be great. We don't see a lot of queen. Dude, that's the thing about Lord of the Rings. I know. It's pretty masculine heavy. Yeah. But there are so many strong female characters, and I think that the show, and, and the movies did a great job of that, too. They, they did. did an awesome job. They highlighted Eowyn, Arwen. Uh, they even created characters like Tariel and The right. Hobbit to bring some strong women characters into it. Mm-hmm. But right. I think the show is going to be huge for that, too. Yep. So Agreed. I've got a couple. Um, one of them could actually happen. The other one is impossible because he's dead, unfortunately. Rip. Mm-hmm. But um, I would love... I'm obsessed with Adam Driver. Come on. I think Adam Driver is one of the most bizarre, strange, intriguing, and amazing human beings that have ever been like I could this is going to sound so weird dude it's okay but like his mannerisms and his approach yeah to acting is fascinating I could watch him like chop onions I think and bo- and be like dude he deserves an Oscar well and be like what is he thinking right like wow he's so brooding what is he <laughs> right, right is he for the light side is he for the dark side? and I think he'd be a great you could put him in middle earth he'd be fantastic yeah. so he would be cool I, I think he's probably too big for a Lord of the Rings show but let's keep our fingers and hairy toes crossed okay uh, Alan Rickman is my other one yeah. he's dead uh, but how cool would he have been oh, in great. Lord of the Rings Absolutely or a, a t- the TV show right um, I'm also I, I'm so a mu- music is a huge part of those movies yes Howard Shore created incredible music yep for those movies um, I'm I'm interested to see. Uh, do they incorporate some of those in this TV show? Do they incorporate some of those themes? Do they go a whole different direction? And I'm kind of open for a whole new direction. Really, I don't I don't think I want too so, many of the themes to be repeated and overdone because sometimes it takes you it keeps you in that box. Right, it does. Good call. And I think we need to expand it. Let's let's hear someone else's um interpretation of how the world of Tolkien should sound musically. You're not thinking like techno music or anything, right? I mean, if there's a (laughs) Hobbit rave going on, get those hairy feet pound, hairy feet pound. That's right. You know what I mean? Let's go. Uh, I would also love to see, this is just kind of another little strawberries with cream. I know we've gone over a minute. I'm sorry, but dude, I think we need a spinoff series. I think we need a TV show that explores the hidden romance of Gimli and Galadriel. You know, it happened. You know it went down. You know that those two wow. had some sweet, sweet moments together. Wow. Celeborn doesn't know, I don't think. But you could make a whole spinoff. Uh, Fifty Shades of Galadriel. Holy smokes. Something man. like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, dude. But I think that that's an untapped market. That I, Let us know. Let us know if you'd be interested in seeing the love story unfold between Gimli and Galadriel. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's best left for like deviant art or something. I don't know. But um, or some fan fiction, but hey, yeah, write up some fan fiction. On Ezra, that. I sick. wish you guys it could see is. Ezra's face right now. I'm losing my, my mind. notes. He's looks scared. Oh, okay. Goodness. 
All right, that's cool, man. That's pretty much uh, um, the yeah. show there. We're going to do a quick, just uh, we a little share the load. Share the load. Where we talk about, uh, we put a little plug in here. Very quickly, very briefly, we're going to uh, mention our uh, our Patreon page. You can go to uh, patreon.com uh, forward slash an unexpected podcast. I think that's what it is. Or up talking Tolkien. One of the two. Crap. Yeah. Didn't have it down there. <laughs> My bad. They'll find it. We'll put the link in yep. the description. Yep. Um, but basically there you can listen to our series that we're doing right now. It's uh, there and back again. Chapter one. Uh, Green Hill Country is going to be up. Well, yeah. It will be up by the time that this podcast yeah, is for sure. Yeah. So. Awesome. And actually it's going to be one of those things that kind of like it, it, during the, the fortnight, every fortnight we're doing the reread in between those. Um, on a Sunday is when we'll upload some stuff to Patreon, so you guys uh, should check that out. We'll also upload our, our outline there and uh, and what have you. Each month we're also doing, uh, Lane is doing some illustrations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we're going to work on how, um, getting um, those turned into prints, perhaps, mm-hmm. and and sending those out to you guys uh, for being in a, in a particular tier. I don't yeah. know which one yet. The but. first couple have already been shared on uh, Facebook. Yeah. So if you saw the illustration of Aragorn, and if you saw that... Beautiful. beautiful illustration of what Ezra. In the I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. But where's my staff? Those are going to be the first. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know. What? Sounds like a question I can't really answer there. <laughs> where's my staff? Oh my lord! Ooh, That's boy. a game we play after hours. Yeah, it's in the cloak, my friend. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, those will be. Uh, I think we're going to try and make prints of those and send those to uh, um, patrons. So yeah, yeah. So if you like that, and they won't all be in that style, they'll be different stuff, inspirational. And Ezra had the great idea, of maybe um, even pertaining to the chapter we're on. So yeah, I'll work cool. throughout the book and and kind of uh, yeah, yeah, settings and yeah. landscapes. Yeah, you know, not to put too much pressure on you, but thanks, Ezra. Yeah, no problem. Uh, last plug for social media: just uh, hit us up on on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Lady's playing footsie with me now under the table. Dude, uh, not even. What is wrong with you? What? What is wrong with you? We're trying to finish this and wrap this Woo. podcast up, man. Um, no, hit us up on Instagram um, at Up Talking Tolkien uh, or Facebook. Same thing, um, Up Talking Tolkien. Leave your stories there. Uh, leave your comments about this episode and what have you. Okay. Yeah. Take us away there, Lane. Uh, we're going to do our, our Fortnite farewells. Here. Wow. Our Fortnite farewells here. That's kind of hard to say. It's great. Uh, we want to thank you for stepping off the road with us. Uh, means a lot to us going on this adventure together. Our next episode, we'll be digging deep into chapter two, Shadows of the Past. If you thought the end of this chapter was dark, it's going to get a whole lot darker, my friends. Um, you want to read this next part, Ez? Yeah, if you like our podcast, uh, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, or leave a comment, or send us a shadow fax. That's right. We'll see you in a fortnight, guys, and remember, Frodo lives. Dude, is that longer than Return of the King itself? Is it like four hours and 20 minutes? Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? 
Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.